Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 240 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with my partners in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker and Nasty Nate Nathan Kennedy. What is going on, gentlemen? I'll let Tyler go first. Oh, I was, I was just being polite and letting Nathan go. Ready to uh, dig in this some, just some, I mean, just real ball-busting uh, discussions. And I owe Joe an apology. I uh, finally sat down and started watching Dungeons and Dragons. Holy shit. Oh, okay. The, the animated series. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I, I wish I had listened to Joe when he was on my ass. Like, you gotta watch it. You gotta give it a shot, dude. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, kid. <laughs> and I, I just finally had just kind of got this like germ of like, I should just look up some clips on YouTube just to see what it looks like. And because I had, I watched part of an episode as, as a kid one time, it was actually recorded on our Christmas uh vhs by accident but uh i watched the first and they're all available on youtube and i've watched five episodes so far i'm like oh my god by the third episode like i want to buy the whole series like on dvd Ah! this set needs to be in my collection like i so i must apologize to joe publicly because like (laughs) i should have listened a long time ago because son of a bitch that shows a lot of fun awesome man that makes me feel real good i'm glad you enjoyed it actually i got chills when you were talking when you were saying that really did man that's awesome i I love bobby and diana and hank the most like i just have a a, bobby especially god he's he's just for them to write a child character like that that could have been abysmally bad and god he steals every scene he's in he's so well written and so likable yeah. And uh, I, I just love the character to death. And uh, Avengers are great villain too. It just I love the backgrounds, like a lot of the action sequences and and the uh, like the various forests and and old castles. Like it just looks so beautifully beautiful. drawn and animated. Yeah, yeah I just oh, like God. Cool. I could see like human action sequences taking place on this. So I'm so ashamed that I never gave this show the 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 chance that it deserves. So uh, ap- apologies, cool. Joe. Hey, no apologies needed, man, but I'm just so glad you watched it and enjoyed it. And then, like you said, you'll be watching up the rest of them. But that's cool. I like hearing that. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, now There'll you, probably now be a Facebook cover for it at some point, and Nathan can bust my balls off. I guess I know what Tyler's watching this exactly. week. I actually, I still need to watch that show, too, actually. So, whoops. Oh, yeah. But I, 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 I wasn't over here taking a big old dump on it, so I won't need I, I wasn't I won't, either. I, won't need I, just, I just told Joe, I was just like, eh. I just saw it. It was there, and I was kind of indifferent to it. It wasn't a show that I shit on or anything like that, but just not interested. Yeah. To me, one thing I think, to me as a kid, it wasn't interesting because the heroes didn't have muscles. And when I saw it on CBS on Saturday morning, I'm like, it wasn't He-Man. Like, they were just regular-looking people to me. So if you didn't have muscles and a sword, it was hard to pull my attention in a lot of times with animated shows. So, But also what they showed with it was a great cartoon that could be done with younger kids and real mm-hmm. young kids and a diverse cast of characters where it worked beautifully and perfectly, which we'll be getting to something here in a second. Trust me, we got some really great fun yeah. topics. Speaking of diversity. Thing. Yeah, we're going to get to one thing that, yeah, everybody's going to be hearing talking about things I used to rant about a long time ago. Well, a little bit ago, and people like, oh, come we're on. talk about the angriest folk lesbian, you know. But we're going to get to it. But first, I'm going to say hello to everybody in the chat room. So, Zentron, Gavin the Nerd. David Clark, Brian Davis, Adam Gabbard, Papa Hood 69, Zen Brown, Curtis Ackerman, uh, Masters DC Collector, Grimbot, Carlos, I always miss his last name, you know I do it every time, Andy Yalsi is here, hey it's been a while, how you doing Andy, uh, Aaron Voorhees, and bam, I think I got everybody, if I missed anybody, apologize. Programming, programming well, note, get this out of the way now. 
Th- this is the last episode. I-, I will be here in this house. There will be no episode next week because I will be moving. Process moving. Finally get to do that. So the the fo- congratulations on Thank that you. too, man. Uh, the cool. following Sunday, uh, which is the seventh, sixth, something like that. What what day is that? I don't know. It's the sixth. So we will be back on September sixth. So no episode next week, and I I will post that in the groups again, and we'll figure something out. Uh, spread the news. Let them know. No episode next week, but we'll be back the following week. Fingers crossed. Because, guys, look, we got a shitload of episodes that I'm sure some of you have never watched. So if you need to get your fix next week, do us a favor and go back through our old library of episodes. Whether you download it or watch it on YouTube, come on, man. Boost them up here, people. (laughs) There you go. uh, Was there uh, – we could probably save something else for later on the show. Oh, and before Joe gets into this, because this was a discussion – Are you going to bring up something sad? I thought you were no, going to bring up something. I mean, if you guys want to talk about that real quick. Because uh, it's horrible. We, we can. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther, like passed away. And kind of unexpectedly, he had a video, I think, on his Instagram back in April. And people noticed that he was noticeably thinner. But it turns out he had been battling colon cancer this entire time. His entire run of being Black Panther. It was stage three and then progress to stage four. And for him to go through that... And do what he did through all those movies, and for no one to even know about it—that that we know of—it's a publicly anyway. That's a testament. Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's just a testament to that man and his character and what he did to try to entertain people. You know, there's there's a lot of people that go through a lot of stuff, bad and good things that like to always publicly post it all the time. And he didn't do any of that. I believe in my mind and my heart, he wanted to let fans look at. A character, a superhero of somebody to believe in, and not have his, you know, issues like you said of what he was going through out there for the public to, you know, maybe he think I wouldn't want people to pity me or think anything else. And for him to, he that's hard to keep something like that private. But to give somebody the whole world a hero to believe in, I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing man. But God, so sad. It's unbelievable. Just when you, it's stuff like we always say. You hear it, and it's like. God, this can't be real. Yeah, I when I saw that because I was on Twitter and this was like right as it was happening. Like I saw a post immediately. You see the the trending thing, and I looked at it and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then your heart kind of just like stops for a second, and you're just like, "Wow, okay." I didn't even know, and no, apparently no one else did either. And he, it, it's one thing for him to to have gone through that and not said anything, and also like just what he did as a whole. And I, I, I don't want this to, because I, I was thinking about it in my head, I don't want this to like sound wrong, and, and maybe it won't at all, but for what he did with Black Panther, and he also played Jackie Robinson and James Brown, what he did in cinema for the African-American community, because there were a lot, a lot of little kids that were getting Black Panther costumes that finally felt that they had, like, superhero representation that they were actually it's something tangible that in in the cinematic universe that they could watch and really cling to so he meant a lot to a lot of people and uh, it's a it's it's a damn shame that he's gone yeah yeah i uh it was like a a punch in the head to me because i i was barely awake when i saw nathan's post that was the first thing i saw about it and it was um Kind of, I mean, shockingly and nauseating to hear it. I mean, it's a, 
it's, there's been a few people that passed away this year, Kobe Bryant especially, where you just like you just can't process it. You're just kind of sad every day. And uh, but it's it's awesome that people have. I told Nathan I said I could see him be reaching like legendary status because of Black Panther's uh, popularity and him bringing that to the forefront to the the general public who really didn't know much about Black Panther, uh, whether you you are whatever ethnicity you are, especially with children. Um, definitely a, a, another legendary role model for kids. And uh, it was just, um, I, I absolutely hate it for the black community as of recently with the, the shootings, what the NBA is going through, this happening. I, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's not, but for everybody as well, like, it's just, uh, God, 2020 just needs to be kicked in the nuts it's, so hard that the nuts come out of the throat. It, it is just, it's, it's like, damn it, man. Like, when, when is it going to stop? Yeah, it's one of those years where it's just like, I, I, you never thought it, it would, like, anything would reach this point. Like, it's, it's sad enough that, like, racial tensions have existed in this country for so long, and yet we're we're this far we've advanced so much with technology and yet we're still just people are still stuck in that mindset and i i don't want to get too political with it but i mean it hatred hatred is something that like you're not born that way you're you're taught it you learn it and it's just shitty people passing it down to make more shitty people it's I'll, I'll, I'll leave, let's I'll just hope things, like you say, but... get better. Yeah, let's just hope things get better, and definitely 2021 will be a better year. But before we get into these good topics, it's going to be speaking of something else. We're going to talk about the Princess of Power community. Now, a few days ago, can, can, oh, uh, can, can I can I stress this too? This was the other thing Joe and I talked about it, and I was like, this is something I feel like we should talk about, even if briefly. And I will lift the the thing that we had in place about if we brought it up, we would do this and this. <laughs> Uh, that's out the window for this specific kind of kind of topic. Yeah, because the first thing is when I start talking, I'm gonna want Nathan to pop up a, a comment that about men. But here's the thing: when she first was talking about the Shiva cartoon, like I said, in a way, the things that angered me is just the way that she, along with everybody working on it, mocked the fans, the original cartoons, animation, art voice actors. I mean, these were all people that were working on it, and I was like, it's just tasteless to me. But seeing a tweet from her that said, truth is stranger than fiction because human men lack imagination and self-awareness, I was like, okay, we got a sexist person on our, our mind, or right here for everybody to see, because obviously she hates men. I was like, so that pissed me off from the start. Then, she claims to always be about all for diversity. So, that would, you know, you'd think include men, too. And then what does she do about all these claims of diversity? She shows this picture here of a snowstorm of white women saying, she she wrote. Where's anybody of any other color? Where's any men? Nowhere to be seen. Which I told everybody, I was like, you could tell this woman, obviously, sexist comments, racist connotations right there, which pisses me off. Because if you look at the original filmation people that worked on the cartoon, the writing, the animation, you had people of all races and men and women. Real diversity. This is phony. And then what happened a few days ago? She was doing a live stream talking about the Princess of Power cartoon. Or I'm sorry, Princesses of Power cartoon. I'm not going to yeah use the real name because we know what the real name means. But Princesses of Power cartoon. 
and she had all the people that worked on the show, majority of them, and they were talking about Bo's other siblings. Now, remember in the cartoon, her cartoon, Bo is black, so all the siblings, black. This is what makes it sick, what you're going to hear. There was an inside joke with her and the people that did the writing and other people that were drawing stuff out of, like, hey, you know, like, what was the name? Somebody came to uh, Noel said, what would be a name for the guy that would be out in the fields or something who's Bo's brother? And he's like, it's so, like, a slave, somebody out sewing the fields, having this hat and the straw, like, he's out there in the fields. And as she said it, you heard one of the people who's working say, oops, and they left. Now, here's the other thing about it. She got ripped a new one on Twitter. Even everybody that was in support of her and her cartoon, they were calling her out like, what are you talking about? You talk about diversity and you do something like that racist? Then some of the people that were like trying to champion for her said, well, she actually didn't say it. It was somebody else. But here's the thing. Did she condemn it? No. She laughed about it back then. She thought it was something to bring up during the show to laugh about. It shows her nature. So it's like, don't claim you're for diversity. Show a snowstorm of white women that write the show. Insult men by saying they don't have imagination. And you act like you're for diversity. That pissed me off more than anything. And that's what sucks about her and her cartoon is a person like her with that much hatred for everybody to go ahead and post that and then try to apologize. Like, no, that's despicable. It's rotten. And it pisses me off because the real He-Man and She-Ra community has always been about diversity, just like I said earlier. And it's always was right there, natural. It wasn't forced. It wasn't putting shoving something in your face. Everybody worked on the cartoon. They had everybody of all races on the cartoon and in the mini-comics. And it pisses me off when somebody does like that. So sexist and racist shows right there. And she was getting lit up like the fucking 4th of July. I saw She-Ra... trending on Twitter and I was like "All right, well what happened and clicked on it and it took a while for me to kind of piece together exactly what happened and I thought that there was something else that happened on that live stream too that kind of people got upset about but uh, the only real thing I have to say about this is it, it seems like throughout life and I'm sure we've all come across this that those people that either feel like they're holier than thou, feel like they're better than everybody, feel like they they have a mission and they have to be vocal about it constantly all the time are, are always those kinds of people that, that just, yeah. that, that honestly just don't seem like decent human beings. And, and that's me putting it nicely. I could be meaner about it, but at this point there's, there's no sense to, because I saw other people tweeting. It's like, Oh, well, we have to cancel this. I'm like, well, the show's already done. So there's not really much in the way to do there. Oh yeah. And it's not going to come back there. Yeah. There'll be no returning of that. Trust me. And the other thing is won't be calling out names, but a lot of people in the He-Man community also spoke of when she was at PowerCon. Oh yeah. How snarky and snarky and mean she was to people, her little clique that she hung out with, and also a whole scenario about her losing her keys. And some of the nicest people in this He-Man community who are trying to help her, she was being snippy and snapping at them. And, you know, they're trying to fucking help you find these keys. You act like an asshole to them. It's like, again, more showing of her character. And that's what everybody was noticing at PowerCon. So pretty much I think everybody knows and she's been exposed of what kind of person she really and, is. Somebody that isn't needed. But and go ahead. I, and and I know that it, I know she's got, like, issues. I know that she has like cut herself and stuff. There's like a, a deeper rooted thing going on within her personality, but I, I guess it all just sort of came to the forefront with 
achieving this little microcosm of I, I guess you would call this fame i mean people know who she is so yeah i guess i would call that fame uh but i my, my point still stands like every time these people that just want to beat you over the head with something well i'm this and i'm this and blah 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 behind when you pull back that curtain it's like they're shitty you see the same thing with ellen People are like, oh, she's such a sweetheart. Now all these people are starting to come out of the woodworks like, no, man, she's she's a jerk. She's she's a piece of shit. So I is what it is. Uh, uh, people in the chat are like, karma, bitter hard. I'm like, yeah, I, I, would, you bet. I would totally agree with that. It's yeah, I, I don't I, honestly I don't got nothing else to say about it. Like, no, that is pretty much it. Like Tyler, I know he like he said, guys, you go say your thing because he already said it. he doesn't really have thoughts on her and that cartoon at no, all. No, she's so. a cunt. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I flat out, and I I am so no. sick and tired of people who feel like, you know, well, we can't disagree with this woman because she'll think we hate gay people because I mean she's a fucking idiot. If she thinks that that she's going to get her bullshit so called talent over by saying, well, if you don't hire me or uh, allow me to do what I want, then you obviously hate gay people, which is, that is clearly her mindset here, which is a complete black eye on the lesbian gay community that you want people to accept you because if not, then you get to point the fingers at them and shame them publicly. The whole thing that's fashionable to do today, if you, if you disagree with anybody, then clearly they're a hate monger of some kind. And uh, we all know she was going to turn that show, uh, our beloved Shira, into a shit show, and it was. It was just a, you know... A lesbian love story, which any other time would have been fine. But to take this beloved property and insert her own agenda into it, saying, fuck you to all the fans who had problems with her changes. I mean, I I don't for people who just came to her aid and were just defending her left and right. It's like you cannot believe there weren't many. Which time was that? I'm sure there weren't many, many, which obviously all they were were nothing but human foul balls. You know, a foul ball doesn't count as a real hit, and they don't count either. You know, it's just, I just get tired of people feeling like you can't call people out for, um, for bullshit because everyone's afraid of being labeled something that you're not. But it just shows you what kind of a coward she is, you know, that they're she not has used to hide... critiques. You know, yeah, well, or, or, or because that, because they're, I'm like, I'm sorry, but the fact anybody that is openly gay, I'm like, that's, that's wonderful. I, I am a white man. I don't see any any more bigger deal uh, than that. So the fact that this 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 faction of angry women who hate men and obviously dismiss anything that came out of the eighties uh, and, and publicly trash the, the the old cartoon, you know. I don't know what the hell they were thinking to be. And they knew with. nothing of it. Remember, everyone that voiced yeah, it, they, I didn't just, think they and, knew nothing and, of that. But you're right. To, to, like, all right, it, it's it's one thing that she took it, made changes from from an established thing, right? We we all, unit the three of us unanimously agree. Like, if she wanted to take that story and apply it to anything else, yeah, go for it. Good on you. This didn't work yep. here. Now I will say. If there were people that weren't familiar with old Shira and watched this and found something that like spoke to them about this, if it made them feel something, all the power to you. Uh, like it, that that's great. That's fine. But it's just the the way that she went about the entire process from the beginning and everyone gave her the benefit of the doubt and now all this has happened and now it's like, well, she showed her true colors. That's that's 
what there it's been. There you go. It, it all came up. Yeah, anybody who came. comes out on a mission like that and, and so in your face that she's gay, like, we're supposed to be living in a time where if you were openly gay, it's no, it's not a big deal anymore. You know, that obviously, yes, we've got some backward ass people on this planet who love to be ugly about those kinds of things. But that's not what we're talking about here. It's like the, the consensus is going back, going back to Nathan's point where Ellen has her own TV show. She's arguably the hottest uh, TV show host. Well, was uh, in America because people were fine with the fact that she was a lesbian. She wasn't beating you over the head with it. Now, what she was doing behind closed doors, that's a different story. Yeah. But whereas this girl comes onto the scene and it's just like, we get it, lady. I don't think you deserve an award because I'm not going to call you courageous because I, I, I think we're at a point where be gay and be proud and live your life the way you want to be. But I'm not going to give you a Medal of Honor because you want to talk about this and, and then and insert it into this property that was not meant for something like yeah. that. Like she's obviously done very well writing stories that appease to the audience that she is trying to talk to, but doing that in a property that's already established. I don't care if it's Spider-Man, Batman, Star Trek, Star Wars, Transformers, Lord of the Rings. Anybody was to come in and, and, and had that kind of, a variation of a 180 is going to piss off the fan base. It, nobody, nobody in any fan base can argue about that. It's just not the time or place. But for her to come in with that chip on her shoulder and already... That's why I get so put out with people dismissing the, the, the original fans. Whether it's Star Wars fans or Star Trek, Lord, all the stuff I just mentioned. They're all so quickly dismissed because they want to challenge the people who want to come along and change the thing that they've all kept alive all these years. They have a right because you wouldn't have this position if they weren't celebrating it and still buying merchandise and still signing it to buy expensive ass collectibles on various websites, writing to these companies who own the rights to these toys and the cartoons. You know, you don't have this opportunity without us. And she didn't have she wrote without us. You know, it's the fans like us all over this this planet, male, female, whatever, gay, straight. Does not matter. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of race you are. People like us have kept that property alive all these years, kept it relevant on the internet, which is why it was picked up. Why there's uh, people were interested in putting, you know, getting getting the cartoon rights, and we are just so quick to shoot out the door like we don't have a damn opinion, like we're a bunch of grown ass men or a bunch of damn losers living in their mother's basement who are all socially awkward, who stink, you know, scratching on the belly, writing on there, typing a bunch of trolling shit. And on you and know, honestly, you know, honestly, that that kind of thing, like goes immediately against what her agenda was trying to be right like she's trying to be like oh i'm yep. trying to implement this but at the same time it's like oh wait so now you're just like pigeonholing those like stereotyping those guys like the, the nerds that sit in the basement and that oily faces and yeah their mom's like upstairs cooking them food I, I, yeah yeah Ugh. you're right but no like one last piece of advice for any of the you know newer younger fans or anybody is Learn to, you know, take criticism because we've been critical of all our properties, whether it is Masters of the Universe, Transformers, Star Wars, Star Trek, like Tyler was saying. The thing is, we've critiqued all different forms, incarnations of this property for years. It's because we're passionate fans. So we've been doing it all this time. And it's not like you said, because racist or sexist or anything else they want to shoot out. It's like, no, we're passionate. We might even be critiquing a design of the fucking power sword if it's slightly off. So that's what they got to know is just. Be open to criticism and learn to try to go with the flow. See what people say. Don't just call people out. 
But I was going to say, now that we're past her and the nonsense, we got to talk about some of the Wave 3 card back art. And I don't know, if Nathan, if you're going to do a slideshow of it, and I know you guys has yours ranked. I actually have mine stacked up, minus a couple. And boy, was I pissed because some of my favorites that I have from the evil and good, I was like, I didn't have the fucking card back art. I mean, I thought I had them all in my stack, but as a kid, I must have damaged some of them, so I'm pissed. So my favorite from the villains is not on that stack, damn it. But uh, we'll see once what he's uh, sliding. I know. I'm going to move Tyler's camera around a little bit. But yeah, I, 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 oh, got I, him, I got them all up on the screen all at once. So. And you know what? I'll let you guys, when it comes to time, say yours first. I have mine for last, so people don't think I'm copying. I have them stacked up and over there, but... Now, what what of... goofy-ass fan is going to accuse you of doing that? Who has that kind of time on their hands? They want to reach out to Joe Mon and say, I just want you to know, you pulled an ozone on Nathan and Tyler last night, and frankly, I'm going to infringe you on Facebook because you're a fake and a phony and a fraud. Wouldn't it be hilarious if that did happen the next day? Like, what the fuck did I do? But, uh, Nathan, you know what? Since you are a, you know less familiar with this, and that's not me insulting and picking on Nathan. How dare you? I figured maybe you could. How dare like, you? Like, you fucked Joe, and then there goes yeah, my you, you, you must this. hate Nathan's. That's what you are. You're a hate monger. You hate Nathan's. Um. <laughs> but go ahead, Nathan. Go with your, uh, start with the heroes. You might as well. well I, have, no, uh, I mean. Least favorite to most. No, I, I, I ranked them all. Like, best to worst. I'm not going to do villains in here. I'll just start with, uh, honestly, my least favorite card back. And I know this might be an unpopular opinion here, but at, sitting at number 12 for me is Prince Adams. Because you. <laughs> You you look at the every, all the rest of these like they they all have something going for them. There's a lot of like action bits or you know like mechanic spying and everything. And and here we just have Prince Adam looking kind of sad, and then you got a He Man in front of him who looks equally as sad. I just feel like they could have done way more with that. With if we're showing you here's a transformation sequence, this is very. Uh, it's. It's kind of lame, honestly. Like, could okay. they have not? Okay. Could they have not had Prince Adam? Like, in my head, I visualize sort of from the cartoon. Let's say he's standing in front of Castle Grayskull, and he's got the sword up, and like half of him has already started to change to He-Man, and half of him's Prince Adam. I don't know, something like that. Could I like that? I like lot, that. But, uh, okay. That that one that one's my least favorite. Prince Adam's mine too. All right. Uh, yeah, I uh, I mean, even when I, I finally uh, got to see it as a kid, when I, I, I've got two mountain car Prince Adams, and I when I finally saw it, because I think it's before the card art had been uploaded to the internet, I was so like bummed with the card. I'm like, that's it? Like, it was just so... And this would have been like the late 90s, I think, or maybe 2000 when I got that, and I, I just remember feeling like... It's, I'm proud to own Prince Adam in on card, but like the card art is just so unappealing like it, it's just two figures kind of standing next to each other there's no posing there's no action there's no real background like there's no scene that this is taking place it's just a neutral kind of glowing background and that's really and even prince adam's pose is like just the action figure just kind yeah. of standing there like compared to the rest of that, these uh, it just it really sticks out there's just not much to it yeah well i'll reach over and i got my stack and on the bottom, because I'm doing them in order, Prince Adam is my least favorite right. of the heroes. And I still got the price sticker on everything. But I just Joe like just copied us all here, people. Yep, and I'll just drop to the next one later. But no, the same thing. It was just 
bland. It was like there's nothing. It was like really uninspiring. Just that to that, nothing. And then like Nathan, how you described, would have been cooler to see a transformation or maybe have to have something. But this was just meh. It was very white bread and just boring. So yeah, that is my least favorite one from the heroes. I guess is Prince Adam. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll go right into my number eleven. I for number eleven, I went with Buzz Off because it's just yeah. I I know Tyler's making a face at me, but it's just, there's not. I, I, there's probably going to be some some, ah, some surprises here, but he's just he's not doing it. Yeah, he's flying, and we see Skeletor, Beastman, and and Evil Lynn. It looks like Evil Lynn. I don't know. It's kind of small right here that I'm it's Evil looking Lynn. at it. There's just not much going on there either compared to the rest of these. I, I'm basing it off of the fact of, like, what's going on, and there's a lot of action going on here. Buzz Off's got nothing, so I, I put him at number 11. Okay. Tyler? Orko. Uh, not that it's a bad one, but it's just Orko, you know, pretty much kind of being being Orko. He's just doing magic tricks for the royal court. And compared to all the other action sequences, which I kind of thought Orko could have been depicted in like flashing magic at uh, Beastman or something like that. Um, it, I mean, I get why they went this way, but um, definitely the probably the most, um, well, it's more entertaining than Prince Adam. Yes. It's more colorful. But not by much. So, yeah, but it's not saying it's when I it, 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 with it being my next one, I'm not saying it's bad. It just lacks the action because it's still beautifully yeah. uh, drawn and illustrated. But compared to Prince Adam, it's it's by far uh, better than Prince Adam. All so. right, Tyler, I hope you're looking at this closely because here's my next least favorite. Orko. <laughs> it was. It's exactly what you said. There's a lot going on in the picture, but the art style just seems so different and off from the rest. And, I mean, everybody's smiling, but I was like, okay, he's supposed to be performing his magic and doing great stuff. But I was like, he's just floating and just has it around. I was like, it didn't feel magical or like something cool. It just, it wasn't something I enjoyed looking at. I mean, you got the weird-ass looking dog and cats and, yeah, okay, they're having fun at Orko's expense. But I wished he would have been doing more. And, again, the art just felt different from all the other pieces to me. And I just, I never liked it as a kid and I still don't. So Orko. So it's going to be bizarre if we keep going in the same order, but uh, go ahead. Nathan. Well, at number 10, I have Orko. Okay, so I, okay. you know, buzz off snuck under there as being, a, a, because I, the, the reason I put Orko's over buzz off is because at least with Orko's, you have the color there. We have a variety of characters. You kind of have them in his element, which, it, while not like it's obviously one of my least favorite ones out of here, but it, at least it's got more than Buzz Off and Prince Adam. Okay. Uh, my next one would unfortunately be Clawful. Really? Uh, mainly because I feel like Clawful doesn't look as menacing in his pose. Like I, because a, a couple of these, like there's there's. Uh, two of these and i i love the environment i i love and I, I want to see like more battles drawn like this of like in a swamp or knee deep water which makes it as as a little extra level of uh, uh uh danger to the environment that you're fighting in and i it's i love tila's pose she looks awesome but clawful just kind of looks not as threatening in the picture like i feel like with some of the other villains on this list they're a little bit more menacing in their pose 
Like they're they're a little bit more engaged in the battle, whereas Clawful just kind of looks like slightly leaning forward. Like we should have seen him like grabbing Tila's uh, uh, arm, like with the shield on, or holding up her uh, sword arm, like so, being a little bit more engaged in the battle. And that's the only reason is because Clawful's way up there, as you guys know, and is what I will reiterate here in a little while. I just I just found that his uh, card art was just not as much of an ass kicker as me being the vintage Clawful fan that I am should have been. All right. I like that. No, I like that description. Now me, like I said, I'm just, I might be slightly different when I'm going with what you guys are doing. Cause I'm still going to stick on my heroes order. So my third least favorite of the heroes one is battle armor. He man. Really? I don't know why I just, I did. I did not like the, po- you know, and I'm going to tell you when it comes to the other battle armor for Skeletor, I just felt off. I was like, it never looked like they were hitting the chest. Everything was just in a different angle. And sure, it looks kind of dynamic how Merman is fighting with them. But now that's one, as you've seen, I'm not holding because I don't have that piece of card back art. But I didn't like it. I just, I didn't like the posing. I didn't like that. It just didn't seem like anything was matching up with the armor. And uh, it, it's my third least favorite from the heroes. Interesting. Well, coming at number nine for me, it's going to be Battle Armor Skeletor. Because I agree. It, I mean, it, go ahead. I, it, well, because once again, I'm comparing it to everything else. It, it's got like the sequence just seems off about it. Plus, this side profile of Skeletor's face just looks really weird to me. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I have Battle Armor He Man a little bit higher up on my list, and that that's kind of what brought Battle Armor Skeletor way down. Was because like. Battle Armor He-Man's represented in two of these, but he looks better on his own card art than he does Skeletor's. Okay. Uh, next for me would be Battle Armor He-Man. Uh, I do like it. Uh, I love Merman's pose. I like the fact that it's in a swamp or a body of water of some kind. But um, I can't explain it, though, because when I first saw it, I, I found it to be a little less exciting even though it was so cool to see merman engaged in a sword fight with he-man um i can't quite put my finger on it as to why it's it's good but could have been better um but i also love the background like the background is is what really makes uh this scene for me is 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 fighting in that body of water like that i just love that okay i like that no i do you're right now i'm gonna get i have two heroes left no, you're going to get to two. I have two heroes left, so remember, it's going from worst to best. So now I do get to buzz off being uh, my next one. With this, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'd love seeing. I mean, it shows who he is of obviously being a spy in the sky, how they're kind of describing something like that for especially for missions. But I just thought he looked so creepy. There was, you know, as a kid, bug creatures and things just somehow just fascinated me. I love the perspective, the angle. Didn't look off. Like you said, there's a lot of pieces of art at times that things, when they're at a weird perspective, look too big, too small. It seemed like they nailed everything here just perfectly. So this is uh, my second favorite of all the hero art is Buzz Off. So, uh, of course, when we come to the next part, you already know what I'm going to say. But go ahead, Nathan. Uh, up next at number eight for me. And it's kind of funny that Joe did it that way, so now we'll just confuse everybody. Um, no, no, they got but it. at no, number eight, I, I went with Clawful. Uh, Tila's holding the power sword. That doesn't make any sense. 
Like I, I think I know Graham too said something about the proportions with it. I, I didn't mind the proportions in this. I like the setting that they're in, but as Tyler said before, I think they could have done more to show like Clawful should have been using his claw and not just standing there. Okay. Uh, next for me would be uh, Fisto. And I have vague recollections of this one as a kid since, uh, you know, of this list, there was very few that I owned as a kid. Um, and I, 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 there was very few card arts I remembered as a kid. It was more about the mini comics and, and seeing them in the packaging. Uh, but uh, I, I, there's something I, I felt like Skeletor's pose looks more like the figure was just kind of drawn and like a pose as opposed to like, you know, we see Skeletor and all these others there's more to his posing, whereas Fisto looks like he's just punching the figure. Even though it looks awesome, it's clearly depicting Fisto what he does best, I just wish Skeletor just didn't look like the action figure just kind of toppling over, which is why I, I would have put it even higher on the list if it wasn't for Skeletor's lack of, you know, posing there. Like, I need to see a lot of uh, body language, you know, in my action sequences, especially in comic books. And things like that. I need to see... You know, I'm very specific when I talk to Kevin or Axel about it. Like, I need to see the character, like, doing a little bit more. I need to see a punch, selling a punch, arms flailing kind of thing. So, but I love the background and everything as well. But uh, but it's still it's still a kick-ass one. It's just trying to explain why it's not as higher. So, oh, well, it sounds perfect. And now I'll get to mine, which my favorite of all the heroes is Fisto. I used to love reenacting a lot of the shit that was on these card back arts. And I don't know if that has anything to do with me, maybe how I rank some of these, but his arm, even though his shoulder looked sometimes to me like it was way too big. I just pictured, well, fuck, he's got this massive fist. You know, this could be a super big arm. And I just pictured, and I did, I used to beat the shit out of Skeletor just like that. I'd pull him just bam. I just, I like the, the, like I said, the impact of it. You're right. The picture of Skeletor, I can agree. looks like it was almost an action figure. Maybe as a kid, that's why it didn't bug me because I was just beating the shit out of him. But uh, it just looks so impactful and just like, God damn, I wouldn't want to get hit by this fucker. So that's why I rank him on my top for all the hero card backs. Right on. Cool. <laughs> Tyler's like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I really like Joe. Oh, okay, yeah, I agree. He's like Brian Gobble. Mm, mm-hmm, mm, right on. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, up next, <laughs> up next for me. <laughs> up next for me is gonna be. Uh, this might be it. Tyler might give me the eyes again, but I'm gonna go with Whiplash. Okay. I, I think like. I'm really starting to break it down and like in terms of the action elements to it. And I, I imagine this will come to haunt me as I get higher up on my list. But when I'm comparing it to the others, I kind of look at this similar to Clawful. Yeah, we get a little bit of action. You can you can see what Whiplash is trying to do, but there's not. I don't know. I, I maybe okay. I, I once I started creeping up on this, I kind of had a harder time of where I wanted to place certain things so i at one point i had whiplash a little bit higher and i i looked at the others a little bit some more i was like uh maybe i'll switch this out instead because i whiplash is bad he's badass looking, yeah. but i can see what you mean i see what you mean yeah. uh mine would be whiplash next really too. all right uh, mainly because i don't like how he-man is drawn he just looks kind of like got, the, the way that he's. I he, get it. I get like him falling because of Whiplash's tail, but it's just like something in his face there. He just doesn't. Uh... He doesn't look as like 
you know, I know that the holiday is like, is, is the element of surprise. Like he must supposed to look surprised. Like he's thrown off by this new villain here, but it just looks like the most unthreatening He-Man. Like I, I like for some, there are some of these where He-Man looks at least with battle army. He-Man, he's a little bit more engaged with Merman. Like he's taken, taken the hit. Uh, whereas this, he's just like, his face is just run. Oh, it, like he just kind of felt yeah. like he ought to be like gritting his teeth and kind of like leaning back to avoid it. Uh, it's just, it looks like his own, like, ah, you know, like he's throwing his exactly hands up. Like, it's just not, mm-hmm. when I got that uh, in the mail, when, when I was in high school, I was like, oh man, He-Man just doesn't look that cool. But Whiplash looks amazing on the back and it's still right sitting over here on my wall. I just like, I hate how He-Man is drawn on the back, but um, you know, but Whiplash is awesome. And um, it would be higher if He-Man just didn't look like he just saw a mouse. Agreed. And now I just remembered I have to switch something on my good because I forgot I put them all down. There was the two I don't, I mean, there was a three I have. I forgot I didn't have Mechanek either. So Mechanek would be going into the number two slot. And of course, Fisto would be number one. But Mechanek's, I do like that. Because the thing is, it kind of harkens to what you always hear people say when they were like, Mechanic's worthless. I mean, you know what? In my eyes, Kiss my ass. Be, any of those he, people he out there, I, I hope you're offended. I hope every one of you are offended. Well, this you is what they suck. say about everyone out there who think that. Well, and that's the thing because they think, well, I mean, Extendar. Once he came out, I mean, you might as well just say it's the same thing as Mechanic, but better. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Extendar extends every part of his body. He's the Tower of Power, becomes one of the most powerful people on all of Eternia. I was like, he's completely different, but his neck stretches, and so does Mechanics. I'm like, yeah, but Mechanics can keep going up for a big distance, but also he's the guy that does the recon and knows what's going on to alert people of danger, and then when it's time to fight, he's going to join as well, but I was like, how can you dismiss him as being a shitty character? So, yeah, Mechanic was number two, and then Fisto, number one. So, I just had to say that because I had to flip my, well, not flip my order, I just forgot to mention Mechanic because I don't own the fucking card back art or Fisto. Well, funny that you mention it because I have Mechanic in my next spot like i i like it i think it looks cool i think it it does everything it's supposed to it shows them spying and doing everything but once again i'm comparing it to the others that have like fun little action spots going on so it was just a little further down on the list for me okay uh next would be mechanic all right um i (laughs) love how skeletor and beastmen are drawn i love the angle I love the, the cliff that Skeletor and Beastman are kind of coming down on, and Mechanic just quietly kind of hovering with his neck coming up just to see them. It's really uh, conveys the situation. Like, I, I, even though I'm, I'm saying, like, there's not enough action going on, but Mechanic is the hum- heroic human periscope. Um, his, his gimmick is that he can see over great distances. He can, if you watch Disappearing Dragons, you see a prime example right off the bat of what Mechanic can do, and that's what makes him different from Extendar. He is someone who can see farther than anybody else. There's nobody else other than Cyclone, and that's only because he's got a radar detecting like enemies approaching. Mechanic is the go-to. If you're, when you're in one location, you don't have to fly and send balls off in Stratos. Mechanic can do it from right where he's at, and that's what makes him so special. So all those morons who are just too lazy and just see two neck, two guys with, two, with neck stretching, uh, get your head out of your ass. Um, you're, just, you're just an idiot. You're a jerk-off. You're a phony. You're lame. You suck. <laughs> All right. You know, well, now I'm gonna I got no for time my, for you. I'm going to grab for my stack of evil cards, ranking worst to best. And my least favorite is Battle Armor Skeletor. It's almost like with what I said about He-Man, but I just, 
I didn't get it. I didn't like He-Man's pose in this. It's like, he almost, to me, looks like he's the one that's getting struck back, but he's the one that's supposed to be striking on Skeletor's battle armor, which, again, isn't even really on his armor. It's to his side, but I know it's supposed to be, okay, maybe swing and bam and bounced back, but I didn't like it. I didn't like the art. It's almost like what you said, Nathan. His eyes look weird. I don't like his face, how it's drawn, but I just, I did not like that. So my least favorite of the evils is battle armor Skeletor. I just... There's something about the the battle armor on Skeletor as well. It just looks off. Like it's very. It might be a perspective too big for one. Yeah, that could be adding to the perspective too. But just yeah. So yeah, coming in at uh, number six, least favorite evil warriors is battle armor Skeletor. Right on. Well, up next for me, which I guess would be the number five spot, I did battle armor He Man. Uh, I like it. I, I, I like the 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 situation that we're in, but I, something that Tyler said, he man looks kind of off. I like how Merman looks in this. I think, oh, I, th- I think if they could have just tweaked he man a little bit to make him not, he just looks too, uh, happy. Or like if he could have also like picked up his ax as well. So it's like, he's going towards him with his ax up. Merman's got like, I, I don't know or have the axe like kind of out in front a little more to where it's like hitting the armor and the axe at the same time. That's something, but I, I st- the axe should be held up or like, it should be like, it's, it's getting ready to be put into action. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying there, yeah. but it, it's still great. I, I like it quite a bit. I like all of these, honestly, except for Prince Adam, Prince Adam's the one out of all these that I'm just like, that's there's just Prince Adam's one of still better than rat lords though. Yeah, all of us did that on Prince Adam, so that was kind of, well, I guess great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tyler. All right, my, my next one is Buzz Off. Uh, I love Buzz Off. I, I'm a bit advocate of the character, and I, I, I'm a big fan of this card art because I love uh, Buzz Off being high up in the clouds and, and, and Skeletor's are like, holy shit, we got a spy here. And uh, I just like the scene that it's setting up. That whereas Mechanics, they don't know his presence. Buzz off is is like detected because he's not trying to hide, but they clearly can't get him because he can fly. So I, I like that setup. That um, you know, and he's carrying his axe there, which obviously Buzz off that axe weapon just doesn't work. He needs that stinger lance. But I just love the in the sky aspect of it is what sets it apart it kind of makes you think of fairy tale theaters jack and the beanstalk where jack climbs up and it's up in the clouds and everything like that just when i, I see the clouds uh, it just gives me a perspective of how high up buzz off is so i just like the scene of like you know he caught the bad guys he knows what they're up to he's going to get back to he-man and let him know what's going on <laughs> that's really cool i think we're almost all going somewhat in similar direction i could tell all what tyler's saying so even though i went from heroes to good Still seems kind of interesting. We're almost pretty much on the same wavelength, all three of us. But well, I'm glad well, here you comes because I sure as hell don't. <laughs> He's like, nah. Number five of it is Whiplash. It's what you guys were saying earlier. I Whiplash is drawn very menacing. Looks great, he... but yes, the pose on He Man is off. It almost looks like he's falling down, like he's not trying to fight at all. I mean, I know that they don't want to engage showing art and him swinging an axe, but. I mean, I think it would have made more of an impact. Just picture this, Tyler, if you can understand what I'm saying. If Whiplash was using his tail and slammed He-Man into that wall in the background, all that mountains, and it crushing, that could have made more of an impact. This just was left very just, eh, just him there. I, I didn't like it. I just hated the pose of it. Whiplash, awesome. He-Man, off. It, it sh- they should have had more. It should have had more action. So, yeah, number five is Whiplash for me. 
Hell, Whiplash could have been knocking the axe out of his hand or something like that. Something, you know, just, yeah, anything, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, because some of these, they are engaging in actual physical contact, whether they're blocking it or not, but there is some, like, interaction. It's not just, hey, you there. It's, as we go up the list, we'll see, a little, see it a little bit more here, but, uh, yeah, yeah Whip, Whiplash either should have, like, the tail wrapped around his waist, around He-Man's waist, like, holding him up in the air. Just or anything. Just, I know they're... Yeah. I know they're trying to get the gimmick action in these. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So, yeah, something if they could have had a boom and impact. But, all right, Nathan. Uh, the, these top four, this is where it's like things started to shift around a little bit. And even then, I'm still not entirely sure. But I'm going to go with Webstore next. Uh, I, I, I just like the, the story that's being told here. But you don't even really know. It's like Webstore getting away. And they're they're all like looking up, like ah shit, what just happened? What's going on? And and it uses his his abilities, his action features, the the shit that he comes with. We get some of that. So I, I don't have a lot to say about it, but it's not as colorful either as some of the other ones that are on here. But there was just I think if they would have put in the missing detail on his armor, it would have helped a yeah. whole lot. It worked to me as hell as a kid, but I, I but know uh, it's like Tyler was saying with Buzz off in the perspective. I, I like the way that they they made that look with that perspective of him being up there looking down on them and they're looking up at him. All right, all right. My next one is Battle Armor Skeletor. And uh, Damn, that's pretty. That's pretty high up there. It is because I had a very vague memory of a card back as a child. I never could remember what it was of He-Man Skeletor fighting on the parapet, and that's all. I thought it was the He-Man or Skeletor card art because I, I could not remember what the card was for He-Man and Skeletor that I had when I was a kid. So when I finally got uh, the commemorative Battle Armor Skeletor, and they I saw that, I'm like. So that's the card I was on because I did own Battle Armor Skeletor as a kid, and I was always fascinated by the fight. And that's what I another thing I wanted to see. I tried to convey it to Axel one time. He didn't understand what the hell I was talking about. Ended up turning into a whole other illustration. But I wanted to see He Man in the parapet of Gray Skull with the Cosmic Key and Evil Warriors are coming up the steps to get ready to attack him. I could I couldn't convey that to him, but it was based off of this card art that I just found was fascinating of He Man Skeletor, and that's what we want to see. Like. On the top of Castle Grayskull, like he man striking Skeletor, he's about losing his balance because the battle he can't, you know, take out Skeletor because the battle was taking so much damage. I will say Skeletor's face does look awkward. It looks too damn bulky. It's off. It's off scale. It just doesn't look right. But the fight on the parapet of Grayskull, looking at is like it's so high up. I've always wanted to see more fights like that, and I was just so fascinated by that as a kid. Joe, we see that you're holding a whiplash there. I'm not. I'm not. You know, what, what are you doing? No, because I'm still holding for my order. I've been holding it the whole time. Okay. I've been just holding my like thing. Joe, I'm thinking there. like Joe's like, uh, uh, I, I'm here. Do you, do you see me here? No. Nope. So, yes, just I, didn't I, want I to switch. That. All right, all right, all right. I said I was having my piece, and that's why I love that so much. <laughs> all right. My number four for the Evil Warriors is the Clawful one. Now, for this, like I said, Clawful was a character that I kind of did have an obsession so much for that if we ever had crab legs – I hollowed out the extra crab leg shell, and I would put it on his other claw, his smaller one, so we'd have two big ones. My clawful smelled as <laughs> shit. It was, he was, he stink as a kid. It was every time we had to go wash it in the sink, Joey. That's what I always had to get after I did it. But I could just, I, I could hear that clawful. now. Your mom just being like, "God damn it, Joey, not again." <laughs> it, it, you know what it was? Because it was, it was horrible. But either way, I. 
for the reason I like this is first, it just looks like he's he's jumping out to attack. But I always wondered, why did Tila have He-Man's sword? It made me think as a kid, you know, did Clawful take care of He-Man? Is he somewhere in the waters there? And he like knocked him out and Tila got the sword and is now trying to fight. I used to like picture these little stories because it helped because as for Tila, she never engaged in many battles with my figures as a kid. This kind of helped because it made it seem like, all right, she's got a sword. She's got a shield. And maybe she could fight. And it was cool always seeing Tila in something extra where she was, you know, actually doing something else in a piece of cardback art or any art. So I just thought it was dynamic. I liked how they looked in the water itself. And I try to recreate some things as a kid. But Clawful was always just so menacing to me and, like I said, a favorite. So that's why I put it at uh, number four. How long would you go until they had to tell you to put it in the sink, by the way? like The next day because it started smelling. Uh, you know how seafood oh, is. Oh, God. That- yeah, and I, I'd have it to the, did, did, you didn't have a care in the world, did you? You're like, ah, he's supposed to no. smell that way. He's clawful. It's just, well, I, mean, I never thought that, but I just loved it because it looked cool. I was like, he's got two big claws now. So I guess I was customizing with seafood when I was a fucking kid. Look, yeah. always been there doing uh, it, I now guess. People... So I guess if Joe wasn't asking a hefty fee, this is what people would be getting with their customs. They'd be getting food <laughs> attached to them. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I'm going to make a double clawful for you. Hey, can you that... make optic for me? Joe slaps like a, a, a damn olive on the on the He-Man buck. Here you go, man. That'll be $200. There you I go. Want, make it that I want, uh, I want a, a battle armor. Uh, I want a battle armor faker, but I want his battle armor to be made out of a spam can. <laughs> oh, that's cold. That was low, God damn it. Don't go ahead. Nathan, you're, you're next. Um, one. At number three, uh, there's only one thing in this that really... I mean, it's kind of, to me anyway, it's just a glaring problem. I put Cobra Khan at number three. If you get Man-at-Arms out of there, it would be pretty much perfect, but just based off of what's going on, I I love how it looks. But Man-at-Arms just standing directly behind there looking like sort of... uh, He doesn't even look like he's looking at Cobra Khan either. He looks like he's just staring at us, sort of. He, yeah, I, I get that. But yeah. other than that, I think it looks awesome. I like the the setting that we're like just out here, just in the in the jungle. Even though those sort of look like palm trees, and I feel like palm trees don't really grow too much in the. I, I'm getting kind of out here, but I, I, I like this one a lot. And, and honestly, there was I had him lower, and then I put him higher because I like what's going on. It's just the whole man at arms thing. Like he just doesn't belong there he didn't need to be right there okay. like if they were going to have him yeah, in they there forced, they might have forced him to draw it but i, I know uh, what you well, mean if they were going to put, like include said, him like, in there maybe like put him in the middle but like far off and in, like in the distance kind of thing right. yeah yeah like he's just kind of like yeah i know what yeah. you mean i, got I feel you. like i i put this one too high up on my list now that i think about it no, go, just, go ahead tyler uh, well my next one is jitsu um, I there's nothing wrong with this one at all. I love seeing Jitsu fighting He-Man because I know for the most part it's kind of set up this Jitsu and Fisto. Uh, but I, I like seeing Jitsu duke it out with other heroic wars. I like that it's in a dungeon of some kind, most likely probably Snake Mountain. Skelter's watching as if like, you know, it's almost like some of these you could almost see them as like introducing like a new character into the sequence. Like Skelter's like I, I you know I have the master of martial arts. You know, Jitsu go kick his ass in the dungeons of a, of a snake mountain there and just jitsu just going right at it just not hesitating and um i love the dungeon setup it's like the medieval dungeon and skeletor's looking on in anticipation 
it's just a it's it's a beautiful card art. It depicts Jitsu as a very dominant character. Like he is physically engaged in battle with He Man in this. Like it's just it's uh memorable. God, I I I really I like Joe, I obsessed over Jitsu and Clawful as a kid and I didn't even own them. I just knew of them and I I just above uh, I mean Webster probably would have been next. I just I could not get over how awesome Jitsu and Claw for War as a kid. I was just something about them. I just like oh my god, like it just redefined villains to me. It was um, I, words can't describe it. I just had this. It's why I like to talk about Jitsu so much on this podcast. Is I just had this strong affinity for the character that it's uh, um, a character that God should have been given so much more. And I hate that people were just you know afraid an Asian character was going to be stereotyping Asians, which is unfortunate, because I didn't think that as a kid. I just saw him as this very bad None character. of us did that as yeah, a kid. Yeah, I hate that, but Jitsu's, Jitsu's my uh, top three. Alright, I'll get to my three. My top three. Coming in at number three is Cobra Khan. Yes, <laughs> I love this piece just like you guys did and what you were saying earlier. It's Again, you could picture He-Man, Man-at-Arms, going through the jungle, whatever the scenery could be, and bam, he pops out and just he sprays that, and of course, He-Man's blocking with his shield. More things that, again, kids can recreate, but I just love him. Like I said, he, he looks so fucking sinister in just that piece alone. Man-at-Arms, I agree with both of you guys. Like I said, he looks like he's just popped up his head to say hi. I, I mean, you could just fucking Photoshop him out yeah, of that. But, that. That's the only thing that holds this back. Honestly, if if he was not in there, it, it would that would be very tight contention to maybe be, like, number one. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. look at He-Man. I mean, He-Man's looking intense and almost like a kind of a grimacing face, you know, like to hold back that shit. It just, it, it looks like they're ready to really engage in battle. They've already started, but really get going. So, yeah, so my number uh, my number three is Cobra Khan. Number two for me is Jitsu. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Tyler's already kind of said it before. I like the idea. It looks like He-Man's about to confront Skeletor and then, bam, here comes Jitsu. It's just like, no, you got to get through me first. Like, it, it's, it's... yeah. It's one, and you can even see it on Skeletor's face. You can almost see like he's just sort of slouched over, just like ah, like just because he he knows that, that this could be a fantastic opportunity to take down He Man. Yeah, like he's relishing, yeah. like, like he's leaning over, like oh my god, like he's gonna yeah. do it. He's he's gonna kick He Man's yeah. ass. Ha! Yeah, ha ha! You know? Do that shit before I walked in the room. <laughs> like dynamite baby. i love that part god love that but yeah it's ahead, it's, it's it's awesome like tyler said jitsu is one of those characters that like even uh tyler not owning him as a kid just like if you were to see that car back i was like holy shit like i have to have this figure oh my god i i that, that there's so many things when it comes to him i really wish i could go back and just and I, I saw him as a kid. Like I, there was a kid at daycare that had Jitsu and Night Stalker, so he probably had the two pack. And I remember sitting in the in the floor at daycare and just and he was an older kid. And I remember just sitting there like, that, that's that's and this you know I, I I just knew who it was and I sat there silent just watching him like having like the greatest time greatest greatest show on earth was depicted in front of me while he was playing with Jitsu and Night Stalker in the in the uh, the congregation den at my daycare center. I, I never forget. And then he gave it to his little brother. And I remember, like, an elementary school at a PTO meeting, his little brother was playing with Jitsu and Night Stalker. I so wanted to walk over to that kid and say, Can I have those? 
Oh, Jesus, just punch him. Give me that. Well, he, was with his, he was with his mother at the time, too. So I <laughs> just was like, I, you don't watch. Boom. I remember like looking back to the crowd like, where's he at? Like, I thought, like, I'll never own Jitsu in, and that other other robotic horse. I didn't know his name was Night Stalker at the time, but <laughs> it, was like, it was like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, like, <sighs> like grabbing my heart. Mm-hmm. So what's your number two, Tyler? Well, Brian Gumble, my next one is Cobra Khan. Uh, I always took it that Cobra Khan was so badass, he's going at two heroic warriors at the same time, He-Man and Man-at-Arms. Like, I don't disagree with you with Man-at-Arms' lack of, of well, everything. He's just His head just kind of popped up like Joe Mono. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's spraying you with the uh, hitting you on the shield. Mm-hmm. Not really doing too much. But I, that's how I always saw it, because there's a few card arts, and we'll see them in future discussions, where the villain is taking on a multi- multitude of, of uh, other villains or other heroes. So Recover Khan just going right at He-Man and He-Man and Arms without hesitation. I love it. I love the tropical background. Like to, to think that there's this this terrain of palm trees and, and it's it looks like a jungle, but also looks beach-like almost. Like maybe the ocean is not far off to the side. And that's another thing about a lot of these is that so many of these cards tell stories and it makes you wonder like how vast eternity is. Like what is going on in this scene? Are they is Cobra Khan there to stop them? Or are they there to stop Cobra Khan? And it doesn't matter because Cobra, Cobra Khan is going at both of them heads on. And it's just uh, it's a perfect definition of, of, of Cobra Khan. Like he is the greatest snake man. I mean, it's just, but he is not part of the snake men, in my opinion. But uh, I just, it's, it's a work of art. Uh, Cobra Khan is, it's, uh, it's a masterpiece, damn it. I'd love to have all these damn things without any text on them. would have been awesome to see and have them framed pieces, some nice, bigger yeah. pieces, pictures. Well, here comes my number two, because like I said, I don't own the number one. My favorite, I don't own. So number two is Jitsu. So now I can put down all the cards, because I don't I, own yeah, the I, one. Joe, I don't but, know why you just held them there the whole time. You could have just, like, sat them, like, in your lap or something. Yeah. It was almost yeah, like you know reminding like us that we need to hurry the hell up so we can get to you, Joe. Hurry, let's go, 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 me, me. I'm doing a Bart Simpson. Look at me. But yes, the thing with this jitsu piece, first, I mean, again, look at his facial expressions and He-Man's. And Skeletor isn't goofy, unlike a lot of the other ones where it looks silly with either the googly eyes and the battle armor, or as Tyler said, an action figure kind of look in the Fisto one. This one is he looks creepy too, but in my mind, I always pictured him using everybody, of course, as like his lackey. Like he's like, you know, jitsu, just like you said, get him. But then I didn't think Skeletor would stay there to fight. His hunch always made me think he was ready to run and get the fuck out of there. Like, okay, jitsu, you do this. I'm getting out of here while you're taking care of He-Man. So I never pictured Skeletor engaging in battle. But yeah, jitsu was, again, one of my other favorites. I mean, beyond with Clawful and his gimmick, I mean, who didn't like using the chopping motion over and over and he looks so badass, and we barely got anything from him. But there's a lot of cool stuff in some of the golden stuff, and even, you know the golden books, and even the giant golden book pictures where they had a whole thing showing him do something. You don't see much of. I might scan it and share, but yeah, there was I something wonder- I came across in a Google search. And I, I, maybe you have seen this, Joe. Maybe some of you out there. I, um, I came across a variation of the Mega Laser card art, which, if you look up the Mega Laser card art, it's uh, Skeletor, Beastman, and I believe Stinkor. Well, there's a variation that has Jitsu on it. I wonder if that's the one that came – there was – I didn't know if you knew this. I mean, you might have, but I thought there was variations on some of the the accessories like, you know, the Mega Laser, the uh, Stilt Stalkers, and, of course, the Jet Sled. 
Some came with no image on the front and some came with character art on the front. And I don't know if maybe the ones that had character art on the front had the variation on the back. I'll be honest because I never owned the card backs for the Mega Lasers or anything that had the image on the front. Did you? Because I didn't own those. No, uh, the only one that I, I currently own made on card is the Stilt Stalkers. And it's got He-Man with the Stilt Stalker. Like, you know, it's got the oh, you have Tim the artwork. Yeah, on I've the got front? that one. Yeah. Oh, damn. I didn't yeah. know mine were all blank and plain. So I'll have to look into it. I didn't check that. Yeah, I, and I didn't think about that. I never, I, I've seen that, but it never occurred to me because the Mega Laser, the pictures I've seen have no artwork on the front. It's just the Mega Laser. It's a very kind of blank looking card. Uh, yeah. And then the jet sled, I don't think it has anything, at least not that I can recall. Oh, well, that's the thing. There's All of them have a variation. There is one where they has the art with the jet sled. They have the one with man-at-arms with the mega laser on the front with art piece there, too. So. Oh, yes. God, yeah, I'm draw I, what, I, mean, I was really drawing a blank on that one. Jeez, I wish I had I'm those, I'm looking man. bad in front of you here, dude. No, you're not. But, yeah, I wish I had those. Mine were all the blanks. But, yeah, this just – he looks like so – I mean, he's a badass, and that's what he looked like. They didn't draw him looking silly or any awkward you know, poses. This one, I felt all the poses were perfect. Nothing looked off. The impact of the hand that just struck past the shield is actually hitting the shield. It's not just hitting a random spot that you're thinking, wait, what just happened? You don't question anything in this. So that's my number two is Jitsu. If you guys have been keeping up this entire time, my number one is Fisto. And I know that Fisto, he, like, his proportions are kind of weird on this. But, I mean, shit, man. Like, we got, like, volcanic activity. Looks like it's happening on the ground here. And he's just, he just knocks Skeletor the fuck out. Like, how do you not like that? <laughs> I mean, that, that... He was my number one hero, that, too. Yeah. That, that, no, I mean, I it's, it's just... It's showing... Like, how much of a badass he is. Yeah. Like, and I agree on Tyler's point that, like, yeah, Skeletor does look a little off, but, I mean, like, he just got knocked the fuck out. Like, he, he's, 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 he's on his way down, He doesn't know man. what's like, going on. His, his jaws, like, shifted over a little bit. Like, he he's going out, at least for a little bit. Yeah, he definitely he knocked him into that awkward position, though. Yeah, I see what that, you're right. I, I love definitely. Nathan's enthusiasm for that. that. I, I, yeah. I love yeah. that. So, while uh, the proportions aren't exactly, it, just, there's just something about it. Like as soon as I looked at these, that was the first one that popped me. It was just like that tells you everything you need to know about Fisto, right there. All right. Well said. I love that. I love that. Uh, mine is Web Store, and uh, I have been an avid fan of that card art since I got him in on card from Happy's Flea Market back when me and Nathan were still in high school. Uh, and I saw that, and I was so captivated by this sequence that it takes place at night. How dark looking the color scheme was, and how menacing uh, Webster looked. Like, yes, he's missing the the red star color colored in, but he just looks so vicious and evil because of the color scheme. How dark, like because it was he was all essentially dark blue, kind of looked even more menacing to me. And the fact that he's thrown the hook up. And he's gotten up to the parapet of Grayskull, like, in co complete avoided capture. Like, he could probably break into Grayskull. Like, that was thinking, like, he bypassed them all. He, Mantilla, and Men Arms, like, they're all looking up. And I love the perspective, like, planes it up like it's very high up the way it should be. And that Webstore has won this battle that we're seeing. Like, it doesn't look like, you know, it's He, Man, just kind of stopping somebody. It's like Webstore has, he's, I mean, he could get inside the castle and get go about anywhere he wants or just avoid capture altogether. Like that defines web store. And that's the way it always should be. God, it was just absolute perfection. I would 
absolutely love to have a nice 11 by 17 print of web stores uh, card art because I just there's some sequences that take place at night I just find it to be so much more entertaining and it's, God it's just oh beautiful and badass it's B and B that's what it is I'm going I'm going to coin that on this podcast B and B beautiful and badass all right so that's the new uh, trademark from Tyler we're going to put it on a t-shirt do it Joe yes, we are. Just or a tank top just like this okay. Jitsu versus yeah. uh, Fisto here. Well, my number one, like I said, I don't own it. It's just what you said. It is Web Store. Just the sensation of motion that you get from it because you can envision, again, these. the great thing about these pieces of art is as a kid, we used our imaginations back then. So we created stories, multiple ones, wondering what just happened. But you, yes, you could tell he got away. This is his escape. And I remember swinging like a lasso and throwing the hook on the Castle Grayskull and just pulling and him zipping up. And it makes you wonder. What just happened? Was he in Grayskull? Did he get one of the artifacts? Did he did he kill somebody? Did he hurt somebody? What just you know what was going on? But that he escaped from both of them down there. It's it's just a beautiful piece. And you're right, perspectives are great. It irked the hell out of me that he didn't have his like again the centerpiece. But otherwise, I see nothing wrong with it. Another creepy character. I was kind of like obsessed with a lot of the bad guys. So because they always looked they, most well, of the time they, they were bad. So much to me as they a do. kid, and it was just something. And we'll get into it here in a few moments, which will be probably one of my most defining moments as a He-Man fan. But the, the especially the 84 wave, I dare say 85 next, or maybe even number one, because I think I've, I've often said 85 was like the definitive, like, top wave. And we can always op- open that for discussion. Uh, listeners in the chat room, from 82 to 87, what was your favorite uh, wave? What do you What do you feel like was the perfect wave? And I swear, if it's everyone saying, oh, I think it's the first way, then I'm just Hey, I mean, they, they can I be expect- entitled to that if they if they actually liked it. They can, but I mean, come on. Like, are you really going to say that the line pinnacled the first wave out of the gate? I mean, really? Um, and, and just- You're a good man. And in- hey, let me say something. You're a good man, Zen Brown. He said he's waiting for his fans of power t-shirts to get there oh i didn't yeah, know you ordered things dude, then, Bob. It. it'll it'll take a hot yeah, minute we need to see pictures too it'll take a hot minute for it to get there because the shirts i ordered from joe the, those took a while to get around to you and if if you guys like that conversation because we already saw where fedmon said that i need maybe we need to put uh he said to scan more card backs for future podcasts and we got to have a part two for this. The plan is to go through every wave. It might not, as you can tell, we're not going in order at all, but we will do that down the road. We will pick a wave, get all the card backs, and then we'll, we'll rank them. Now we're going to get to one of the most badass mini comics that they did for Masters of the Universe. Quite possibly, it could be the most badass one. Oh, it is. Classic. It is it's the best. There will never be another piece of He-Man media that will top this. As I told Nathan, and for people who've listened to this podcast since the beginning, this is by far the greatest piece of American literature. That's what are you doing, Nathan? Conceived. What do you mean, what am I doing? It was, all, it was all on second. the same screen. I had to get that shit out of there and oh, go to Target I thought you were being sarcastic. Up. Because while, while we were talking about how great it was, he popped up Noel Stevenson. No, I thought you were being no, a smart I, I had that sharing the screen. I it's I like I can pop that up and go into studio mode and do it, but it I I didn't want to look. I'm trying to. I, I'm to, at the point now where I'm just like slideshows and condense shit down as much as I can. That way, there's not yeah, too no, much going on. Explain. But yeah, yeah, we we get illustrated by the super 
uber talented Larry Houston. It's like, goddamn, again, somebody that had to draw something out, and you don't even have to have text there to understand what's going on. And at no time are you confused what's, but, you know, of course, text for the story, yes, it will help, but didn't need it. Because, like, how he was saying, you know, you tell a story just by images alone, and every one of them is just full of so much fucking life and impact. It's like, goddamn. People need to read this if you haven't. And I'll, but I'll pass it to you, Tyler, because I know I get emotional and worked up doing this, but I'll just try to calm down. And I don't. <laughs> well, you know, go ahead. The hell a bologna sandwich? <laughs> I will say, for people who are, which uh, one of our uh, uh, listeners on, on our Facebook page said he had never read this one. Who was that? So, Oh, he knows who he is. Tyler doesn't remember their name. That's why he probably said it though. He's like, oh, someone said something. I don't, I don't remember anymore. I uh, know. I saw because I addressed it. Speaking really quick. Well, I addressed it with an emoji. I didn't like saying it because I was going to wait. And... I'm just, I'm just Sp- speaking, so speaking of which, with uh, Larry, Her- yeah, Larry Houston, did you guys see when uh, James posted the, the new pages that Dan Hudson that Larry Houston came in there and commented oh. and told James like how awesome. He was doing for that yeah, one that page. Was, yeah, yeah, that, that is great. hell of a compliment. Yeah, yeah hell. Of a but uh, well, we we've interviewed Larry three times and twice on for He Man. So if you want to hear Larry's thoughts on Clash of Arms, we talked to him about it twice on the podcast. So I encourage you to go look up our interviews with Larry Houston. We did a third one for him uh, with him on uh, his time on the X Men animated series and various other stuff. So if you get uh, more more intrigued by Larry's work. We have three interviews with you, him, so just look up. I was going to say, you you can't find that on this YouTube channel. You guys will either have to search for Pop Culture Network on YouTube, or you can go to fansbower.com. That will take you to our page on Pop Culture Network, and then you can go in the search bar. Probably ty- I would assume type in Larry Houston, and that should pop up the shows. Yeah, the, the X-Men we did was called Fans of Mutant Power, so it's if you just punch in that or... Yeah, or something. What Nathan just said. <laughs> just do that. You'll be able to find all three interviews with him. But this is to me the definitive He-Man story. Like in terms of excitement, like He-Man's barely in this. But I have not outside the live-action movie and certain episodes of Formation. This mini comic is is the one that that rises above all golden books, comic books. Uh, many from many to uh, standard size, it is my definitive He Man story because it depicted the villains in such a a tough guy way. Because I was so impressionable by by muscle guys as a kid. Like if you're a muscular hero, I wanted to be. If you're a muscular villain, I was in awe because like oh, he's 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 really threatening because of like how strong he is. And right out of the gate. We see Fisto and Stridor, and he's attacked in this. This, and I love the colors because of how beautifully this is colored there. But Triclops, Clawful, Webstore, and Jitsu figures I did not own as a kid. And this is the first time I saw them, except for Triclops running in a group ready to attack Fisto. And Jitsu comes in, knocks the shit out of Fisto immediately, and pins him to the ground. And Webster's using his grappling hook to take on Stridor and Clawful and Jitsu attack. I mean, it's just. It just left me in awe, and 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 part of this is from nostalgia. But as I got older and revisited this book, it's still just as impressionable and exciting and memorable today as it was when I got it on Christmas, nineteen eighty-seven. It's uh, I'm not going to say I'm not trying to say I'm overhyping this, and the people who have never read it were like, "You overhyped it, man! It ain't that damn good." 
bullshit, man. See, this is nothing but. Uh, you guys never really hyped this too much for me, and I had never read it before until uh, an hour before we did the show. And oh, no, this it... is like reading through this, and I I promise this is no bull. I'm not bullshitting anybody here. But out of all the many comics that we've done on this show so far that I've been a part of, this one has easily been my favorite. Yeah! When, when you read through it and you see what's going on, and I, I I know it's I think I set the timer for 15 seconds for each page to slide on through. I maybe I should have like altered that to. let it hang a little bit longer for everybody but you can easily see this being turned into an episode without a doubt just one of those one-offs and it would be fantastic because he-man's he doesn't show up until the end it's nice to have your secondary characters be the focal point of a story because being an attorney it's not all about prince adam and he-man it's like well what's what's this character doing what's what's this character up to today and to see it to where it's Fisto and Skeletor has got other things in mind for everybody else that's not He-Man. It's it's refreshing and, and badass to see that as we proceed through this, what his plans are for Fisto. Which I do have a few questions about, though, with this this circle of doom. Like, who? Uh, we know that these villains are in the crowd, but it... it from a distance, it's a little that there's more people out there. I'm kind of curious, like, who else is in attendance for this? I think it's pretty much just, they're just henchmen. They're just kind of like uh, an army. Like, is just kind of uh, depicted as just his human army. Like, they're just various warriors in armor, like you would see in a Conan or Red Sonja okay. film. Like, they're just, yeah. No, nothing well, more than not I that mean, it's supposed to be. I only, only really ask that because you don't, in most of the the mythology and the media we consume with this, there's not a lot, especially when there's crowds to make like, especially when it comes to Skeletor, you're, you can for me, I was like, well, who, who would these other people be? Would they just be other regular people of attorney just showing up? Would it be like, uh, because you, when you think of like gladiator battles, you know, it's a, it's a lot of prominent people in high positions taking up most of the, the, first few rows within this and then the higher up you go it's sort of like the class system you know so we're getting like the middle class and the and the the lower class of Eternia that are kind of just showing up to these things to hopefully just witness a bloodbath that's kind of where my mind was going with it i i could see that and that been interesting take on it i had always just assumed and it's something I never thought too much about until Nathan just started talking here. And I thought like, and Joe, I don't know if Joe's thought about this either, is that, you know, Skeletor's army outside of his evil warriors, which are the, the his henchmen, his armies are pretty much essentially made up of like either some people like say Skelcons, your hover robots, or various kind of other random things. But to have an entire army of humans in various armor is something we have never really seen Skeletor have, that there's all these human beings that have signed up to be in Skeletor's army. Like it's only depicted in this story though. I, and it's never something like I saw it like the Skeletor's army, but I just never thought like any, anything more of that. Joe, have you thought anything more about that? No, the crowd is the one thing I never did think about, except trying to nitpick apart saying, Hey, maybe is there 
other Cobra Khan or somebody up there just just to be a dick. But no, otherwise, no, I never thought of the crowd. I mean, I guess it's just, well, you figure it is, it's an arena and gladiator shit, and people are just there to feast on it, and it, it may, wasn't really in my mind. May, maybe Skeletor's, you know, got one of his lowly henchmen, like, working the gate and selling tickets to people, you know? No, maybe... oh, hell, you know, I mean, people love to watch gladiators yeah. and fights and bloodbaths and barbaric shit, and that's all I ever thought was just, it's just a crowd that come to see a great fight, and you know, that's the perfect thing about this mini comic as kids yes you'd like the battles in the cartoons you know we're not going to be seeing swords and blood and shit but what was perfect about this is again it's non-stop action that's what's great with what larry houston did with just all the physicality of the fist the chopping the tails just the claw i mean everything just felt so intense about it and i think that's why i don't know if that's why it is my favorite but it's like non-stop action and also to show yes you don't need the main hero to be there to be the star and make a comic good as you've seen like we said he-man pops up towards the end does a little pew pew and that's about it but otherwise i mean it's fisto fighting his ass off who well this is for me is Whiplash's just greatest performance. I God damn do I love Whiplash in this because you do get the impression he was gonna kill Fisto. It, it was gonna be over. It was gonna be the end. And yes, He Man came at the last second to save the day. But just no. I mean, you could take almost every piece, every panel you're showing, and it looks like an amazing piece of art. How we were saying earlier about cardback art. Some comics you look at, there's not really anything going on in not only some of the panels, but tons of the pages to where they just look like they're standing there. They look blank. They look lazy. Every one of these is like, God damn, I'd love to have a poster of that getting hit, you know, Fisto getting here, smashed, getting smashed to the ground, getting smashed there. It's, God damn, Larry Houston just did an incredible job. And this is, yes, the best Masters of the Universe mini comic they did. All the people that want to keep talking about those four mini comics, which we dissected one of those a little while back, you might want to think twice and look at this and really think what makes a great comic. And if you want to know, read this fucker here because it's the best. I, well, I, like already in this, uh, I, I'm kind of stuck right here on like his first opponent being Clawful. Immediately, like his his shit's just getting tore up. Like his his armor is just ripped. <laughs> right here and he's like laying there trying to reach for for that piece of wood and i i like how it just meet your doom like you can see it just playing out in animated form right before your eyes like i can just picture it right now seeing it as an episode they could have got away with i mean it. yeah because since they're not using swords they could have got away well, with doing this in the cartoon it would have been great well, i was gonna say like it, it probably i guess would have worked better uh, in that regard, as being like a like a an, an episode of Two Thousand X, I guess it could have worked. Oh my god! Sure. Yeah, seeing that version of Clawful, yeah. like <laughs> I'll give you a haircut. Fitzgerald. Well, no, 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 no. I, I'm saying like just in, in terms of the violent nature of it, it it they could have done that in Two Thousand X. All that other shit, yeah that that would have ruined it, of course. But uh, man, just him going through because each. Each page here is like a page to, to two pages of him taking on each of these villains. And, you know, once once he gets Clawful out of the way, boom, here comes here comes Jitsu immediately. Like you you can see the exhaustion in Fisto's face when he, he's fighting Whiplash, just like, oh man, just more of this. I can't how much more can I take? And then that's that's when we don't we don't see it, but you know, like, obviously, Stridor has run back off to grab He-Man and be like, hey, shit's going down, we need to go. 
and, and that's that's the best part about it. I've always been a fan of having side characters be accentuated in stories. I don't always have to see the main hero every single time. I like exploring other people's stories and seeing what they go through. Because if it's just He-Man, 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 He-Man all the time, it gets kind of boring, to be honest. So to see this was... A- and really, that should be... that. What Nathan just said, that should be something in, uh, in an animated series, in a comic book series, like a regular, confidently written series, or a regular, confidently written animated series, you know, where you could devote a whole episode to Fisto on an adventure trying to stop Jitsu from stealing a jewel or something like that. And that's the whole episode. Like, there is no He-Man. There is no Skeletor. It is strictly... Because Eternity, as we see in all these various many comics, stories, and cartoons, it's a vast planet. There's so much shit going on just in the light hemisphere alone, let alone exploring what all is going on in the dark hemisphere, or on the north uh, north side of Eternia, or the south side of Eternia. It's just there's so much stuff going on. And I got I just love this quartet of Triclops, Webstore, Clawful, and Jitsu. Like, can you put together a more muscle-bound, ass-kicking group? Than this quartet here, like, I mean, I don't care who you insert, who else you could switch in and out. Like, this group, to me, is the ultimate group of ass kickers. Like, as much as I love Ninjor and uh, and Too Bad and Blade, like, I see this quartet here. I mean, it just it just reeks of awesomeness, just all four of these guys. And I hate that Web Store is only in this, this mini-comic for just a few pounds, and then he's done. He doesn't show up in another mini-comic until... Uh, the uh, rock people to the rescue. I don't think he's in another one because the, I think the rock people came out in 86, I think drawn by Larry Houston. But um, I, I just, uh, I'm just so infatuated by this group. I would love to see this group used a lot more. I want to see Kevin draw this quartet of villains used in, in a piece of uh, artwork. Five, you know, five. Kevin, hurry the hell up. Get, get, get that, get, 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 get your, 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 your Kickstarter done so you can draw this for me. Here, dude. <laughs> You yeah, know, I, I got to see more. Have, I mean, maybe have I all the, get the Daniel and have huh? all these characters uh, fighting Tyler in a in a gladiator arena. Yeah, and make it look like I'm against the odds, and I'm I'm really just going to kick all their asses, you know, because I I must pose. You know, I, but uh, that's a that's a something to wrestle with reference that people don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I think one thing too, and I, th- this might maybe I'm speaking like, but the fact that He Man uses a blaster here kind of shows me the desperation of trying to get him out of here. You know, like th- there's no theatrics with like I- I'm gonna fight people with my sword. He's like I have to take measures that I don't usually use to get out of this situation. You know, I can't remember if we asked Larry Houston that or not, but it was brought up. But I, I think it was like Larry did. I don't think he had much of an answer for us. I, I, you would, I mean, we'd have to go back and listen to the interview, or people can go we'll back. But check, I, because I guess the context is first. I mean, it's great to even see Stridor kicking ass, like when he's knocking yeah. out two of the villains earlier to go get He Man. But when he comes and arrives in the arena, it's like a perfect combination of He Man doing just a drive by with that laser gun into the whole fucking Coliseum, and then Stridor just kicking the shit down and taking it home. It's, Can't you just you hear the He-Man thing kick in as He-Man, like, and Strider, like, leaps into the arena with He-Man, and then he just, the whole just thing blast, 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 bam, just destroying the whole place. It worked great. It's like that laser blaster just worked perfect for his entrance. The sword, I don't think, would have just had the same impact at yeah. all. The sword and it looks awesome him shooting Whiplash, and the blast, like, on Whiplash's bodies, he's taking it, like, 
it, it, I mean, you see the impact of the blast, like this must have been like, and then the way that, that, uh, 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 soldier in the, in the stands next to Skeletor, the way his body lurks back as if like, he almost could have bent the, like broke the guy in two. Like the blast was so impactful, like the way Larry draws it, which always stuck out to me as a kid, like the impact of it. But just talking about it now, like that blaster probably like, was like putting a tranquilizer dart into an elephant with whiplash and then he shoots a human being in the head yeah with it like just to scare the piss out of skeletor like you see look at Ske- the fear on skeletor and evelyn's face like holy and shit you can see, he shot a guy and in you the can head. see like on on he-man's face right here when he's got the the blaster held up and the, like the smoke's emanating from it like just he he seems really really angry so it, it it's a, a nice side that he's like all right you know what no sword let's drastic measures need to be taken no bullshit, yeah. man. Like I'm getting chills is like here hearing all of us like we're all just like unleashing like so much emotion and excitement for this. And I hope people who are listening to this now or you know, whenever can get goosebumps. Just I, I I'm so excited. Like to, to be here talking to Nathan about this is something I never thought. Like I just didn't think it was possible. Like Nathan is getting this as we're talking about it. And I, I mean me and Joe that's why I was working. Me and Joe have talked about this mini comic multiple times on the podcast. Like we've ranked it as our number one. We've discussed it. We've brought it up many times. We've talked about Larry Houston. I it was, but son of a bitch, it's so fucking awesome talking about this mini comic. Like I, I just, uh, especially getting a new perspective. Like you said, hearing what Nathan has to think about it. Yeah, he, it, he just read it today, and he feels as passionate about it as we do. It's like it tells it all of how great this mini comic is. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I saw this here from JSP, and it kind of ties into what I said before earlier. Uh, that's why Justice League Unlimited is perhaps one of the best superhero cartoons. Because that, that that's once they started exploring those those other characters that weren't Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. We're getting like Booster Gold stories. We're getting Green Arrow. Uh, the question, like we're we're all over the place, spotlighting the greatness of these other characters and what they bring to the table. It was refreshing. It was nice. And that's exactly how I felt when I was reading this. It, this could easily be turned into an episode of the show. Well, maybe, well, I guess they could get away. Maybe not him shooting people in the face with the blaster, but definitely him like but shooting still using the wall. It yeah. They... Like you could, you could yeah, easily still... turn that into a, a filmation episode. And just, uh, with Fisto right here, I fought hard. He man, but I could not defeat them all. He's just laying there, like beat all to shit. And he man's just like, it's okay. That, Nathan. It's all right, man. What you just said there, what you just said there, Nathan, and reading that panel, do you guys see now why I get so passionate and Tyler, when I get so pissed when people make idiotic fucking me, all I know, comic something? book resources. If you do a quick Google search, comic book resources, that asshole dipshit website is always linked to the mocking of this it's comic funny. book, of this minute, yeah. and this particular uh, panel yeah. here. And you get people to think, that's why I hated seeing it when it wouldn't stop, because I would get people constantly saying, Joe, that really happened in a mini-comic? Or the other people that would post, 
that's terrible to put in a mini comic for kids. I was like, because it never fucking happened. Fisto never said that. Here's the real thing. I hate that that still goes around and people still believe it because it's like I said, it's a disservice to such an amazing comic that it's a disservice to the best me, you know, mini comic for master universe. That's why I hate it. And I'll constantly champion for people to get rid of that fucking meme and quit talking about it. So, but yeah, this one ranked number one. If you guys don't own this, do yourself a service and order it on fucking eBay. I mean, yes, it's in the big mini comic book as well that you can get from Dark Horse. But, but you need to own a hard copy of this classic and put it, it in a frame or something like that. Yeah. I think you I, got I, it. You got to just have it. I this. think if I were to get one to physically own, it would be this one. I actually, I, I like do, the... I do have a stack of them. I know they're packed away somewhere, but I do have a stack of mini comics that I've obtained over the last few years i was never big into like i know it sounds horrible but into having the mini comics physically i do prefer having the book but if i were to if if i don't already if it's not stowed away somewhere which in the next few weeks i'll be digging through every single toy that i still own god ugh and that'll be probably up. two weeks if we can yeah, see what you find. Uh, like you said, this coming or next Sunday, you'll be moving. Well, but yes. I, I could, once I get internet at the new place, I'm, I'll film stuff because I'm going to be going to my parents' storage building to collect all my other action figures that are still sitting out there. So maybe I'll do another one of those videos of me digging through stuff and seeing what all's in there. It's going to be a lot of starting lineups. I already know that much. So if you guys are into Boy, starting lineups, so you're you're in for a treat. Um, yeah, Nathan spoiled his shit. So now we're gonna pass it to you to the chat room. Any questions you have of whether it's mini comics, cartoon, action figures, toys, whatever, just fucking put them down here. We'll answer it now. And in the meantime, is there anything from a past episode or any questions you wanted to bring up that people said? I, I will. Um, but before we also get to that, do you guys want to address the thing of uh, revelations? And Kevin Smith and what he said this past week about how we're six to nine months away from a trailer and he's seen parts or all parts or all of the first episode or something. And I'm just like, well, if they're already that far, why haven't we seen anything at all from it? No, no, like. I, I'll be honest. I until Grimbot mentioned something where he tagged me, I knew nothing about what was going on. I guess I just missed all the tweets or whatever happened. I really didn't understand the context of anything. I guess I, I didn't know what was what was said exactly. Because I'll be honest, that I, was it. Yeah, it, what what he oh, did, that was that's it? all. Yeah, yeah, that was it. He, he said that he's like, he's seen the first episode or some of it, and that a trailer would be coming. And what he guessed would be six to nine months. And in my head, I'm like, well. If if the animation and everything is there, why can't we see character designs and see what it looks like now? And I know that someone, uh, I saw it on Facebook earlier that someone had posted like we were shown 2000X in like January, February, and then the cartoon came out that August, and here we are. Mm-hmm. I know the pandemic might have a lot to play into that, and it might not at the end of the day, but it, if it does. I understand it, but for them to have that and to not share at least something, especially like at PowerCon or anything, like just just nothing, then that's kind of a a sign that they don't want to show anything now and have people shit all over it. 
I don't. I don't. It's it's a it's a weird thing. I don't. I don't uh, well, I think it. we can all say that you know. I mean, hell, the the first Batman teaser dropped last weekend, and it, it's not going to be released till next October. Yeah. We're, we're still talking well over a year away, and they put out a full scale teaser trailer. To not have an image of He Man and Battle Cat, or an image of how Skeletor, you know, just an image, a screenshot from the first episode. It's not a very good way to not hype up your your upcoming series. And the only thing that's coming out is Kevin Smith said they did a great job of recording their, their voice work. Well, what do you fucking do? You know, is he going to say Justin Long really? You know, he he kind of phoned in on his Roboto impression. I really don't know what we're going to make about that. Snoogans. like it's just how do you how do you expect the fan base to get behind your your show? But, but I think that's part of it. Like because if you release it and people don't like it, then you're automatically putting that stamp on it. I, I get the the hesitation to it. All right, but what's to prevent people in May, and he releases an image, and it's a very poor looking version of Skeletor, like a very unmenacing, unthreatening, and okay, well obviously. I mean, if you feel confident about it, then you should be able to put something out, you know, a teaser image of some kind, something that says this will this will pique their interest, yeah. you know. And I don't know if the consensus with people who about the show are are questionable. I don't because I, I don't read the Facebook pages or, or social media feeds or anything like that. I just I'm going from my own perspective. What me and Joe say. I've talked to a couple of people privately. Not they're not the most the most confident about it. Yeah. But, you know, Netflix has also got a say in it. I think, I don't know to what extent, I'm hoping that, you know, like, look, the she show. Uh, which, by the way, can you guys... Which, by the sorry, I, 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 didn't, I'll, I didn't mean to cut you off. I do want to say... Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm Joe. I'm Joe Mama. <laughs> I, do, I do want to say really quick, <laughs> if you guys didn't get a chance to check it out on YouTube... Cobra Kai on Netflix. Please watch it. I watched like the first five episodes of the first season already. Again, I think this is like my third or fourth time through. Please watch it. It's excellent. All right, go ahead, Tyler. You can continue. Uh, no, I was just, I just kind of feel like, like it, it, it should be. If you're that confident in it, then Show they should release a screenshot. Show something. something. That's why it just, it just makes him look like a snake oil salesman. He's just trying to sell you shit, and there's nothing else going on regarding He Man, so they just report. You know that would be the best time to do it, right? There's there, there's nothing else in conversation. Like, do something to make conversation, good or bad. You yeah. know, like get people talking yeah, it's about just, it. But it's Kevin Smith. I mean, when has he done anything that was that was beneficial? Like his movies don't make any money. They're not that respectable. I know Tusk did all right, but <laughs> T- overall, it's not uh, like he's Tusk. you know. Tusk is a weird which, yeah. fucking movie. And I, I don't want to say I hated it, but I, because I, I thought it was an interest. I was kind of going by what you said, because when, when you told me, I'm like, eh, I don't know. No, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it, because it's just, it's too fucking weird. And you know me, I don't mind bad movies and, and weird movies, but that was just too much. Well, that's saying something, and Nathan sounds uncomfortable to explaining to that, which when he told me about it, I'm like, I still don't want to now, see it. Now, and, and honestly, I... I like the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay, it didn't blow me away, but it I felt good about it. I overall like the tone. Um, in terms of stuff from last week on last week's show, it was mostly just comments, not much in the way of questions. It was just 
I, I think someone reached out to Tyler, like, hey, can you do a commentary for this episode? And Tyler's like, yes, we will do that. But as far there were some yeah. questions earlier in the chat. Gavin the Nerd. I did. I did. I was I was given one question to ask you guys on the okay. podcast here, too. Right. I had one of our listeners reach out to us and send me something, too. So. Right on. Gavin the Nerd asks, would you rather become Trapjaw or Mechanic? That means you have to get injured like they both did. Mechanic. I gotta have both my arms, man. Like I know how badass looking trap jaw is, but you know, gotta have both my hands. Mm. You know. Plus, if you see what he, what Mechanic does, disappearing dragons, where his head could go ridiculously high, can see over great distances, and then just turn to spin his whole body into like a damn tornado almost. Like, yeah, I'll go with Mechanic. Plus, he sounds so cool. Like he's got that really cool robotic voice. Not in the rest of the episodes. His voice sucks in the rest of them, but badass and disappearing dragons. Uh... I uh, hmm. I guess I would go with Mechanic too because Trapjaw's just got he's he's got a lot going on. I don't know if I because well Mechanic might be worse. I'm thinking in terms of like getting rusty and stuff and having to like. Well, that's why I feel like Trapjaw will like his jaw alone yeah. and the, the weapons like having to make sure that like, like that diamond is like these weapons never fit right. I think I I think know? I could enjoy food more as Mechanic. Yeah, I'll go with Mechanic. I eat a lot of I eat a lot of crazy shit, so I think I'd have to go with Trapjaw. I could try yeah, so many more. Yeah, because that means Joe was He could eat damn rocks and things like that. Talk about being cheap. Exactly. It's like Jesus Christ. I don't have to buy food. I can actually see what lead and metal tastes like and eat anything with no fucking problems. But no, I'd say Trapjaw. Plus, especially if the arm was the transformation gimmick, like in NYP, because I'd hate to be taking my gadgets off like in the old days. But no, I, I like Trapjaw. That would be fun to eat anything. So. Yeah. And the second question from Gavin: Do you think a Motu Mortal Kombat crossover could work? Also, thank you, Joe, again for answering my question on Messenger. You guys rock. I th- if he means figure forms, uh, cool, but I wouldn't like the idea for like a cartoon or a comic, if that's what I, he meant. I wouldn't be into that. I think it could but. work in like a crossover in terms of like a video game kind of thing, but uh, yeah, I, I, if we're talking strictly like cartoon-wise, I don't think it would work in that regard. I The only certain properties I think work is a crossover with He-Man, and as, much, as I adore Mortal Kombat as the definitive fighting game, especially Mortal Kombat 2, uh, no, I, I can't. I can't picture Mortal Kombat crossing over. Um, I mean, there's very few things like I still have, I have a hard time picturing uh, Mortal Kombat crossing over with DC, even though it was fun playing that yeah. game. It's still a hard concept to grasp. Like those characters crossing over with a lot of people. Like I think we all think Street Fighter initially because you kind of feel like that's the the uh, the opposite side of Mortal Kombat is Street Fighter. So that would be the first one. But with any of these properties, I, I just yeah, I, I can't. I can't really picture uh, Mortal Kombat to crossing I, over. Like it's even though, like to see He Man fight Goro, or uh, Kentaro, or Motar. Like some some characters possible, but overall, you know, I know you get Skeletor and Shang Tsung, but I I mean we think Mortal Kombat we think about killing each other, like people ripping out spinal yeah, cords, uh-huh. tearing out hearts and stuff like that. I don't. It's not that I. W- I don't want to see He Man like impale like various. Well, like, they, they know, would do. Army. They would do like they did with the DC game. I could see it like that, where it's like yeah. they have brutalities and and not fatalities for those guys. Yeah. I. I just. I. You know. I. I just. Uh, it's hard for me to picture it. Me personally, I, I'm not gonna say it's a it's a bad idea or something like that. It's just hard for me to envision it. But thanks for the question, though, guys. Yes, thank you. You appreciate it. Yeah. Joe, have you been keeping up with the questions in the chat room? 
no, everything is scrambled on my thing right now, so you're going to have to oh, ask him, because I was like, I love fucking everything. I'm sorry, Nathan. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what the fuck happened in my chat. I must have hit the wrong thing. Nothing's going right right you now. You could just so say, I wasn't really paying attention, Nathan. I'm sorry. <laughs> That'd be a first, but I always usually look at it, but it's like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I hit refresh. Everything's confused. So, um, yeah, Nathan, whatever ones you could pick out of it before 11 o'clock, yeah, go okay. ahead. Adam Gabbard asks, what is, uh, oh, it's kind of like a, a two-part thing in terms of shirts. It was mostly kind of applied to Tyler since he's the one that gets so many things from Redbubble. What is your favorite Motu? Team Public. What? Well, you do Redbubble. Well, I well. get it from both. I get stuff from both. I do. What I do. is your favorite Motu attire, like Motu shirt, and what is your favorite like non-Motu shirt? I guess that I own would probably be uh, if not what I'm wearing here, the Jitsu Fisto uh, fighting. I love the, the Cobra Khan one versus Battle Armor He-Man, but um, the Clamp Champ one, I, yep. I, because I'm such a Clamp Champ fanatic. So it's... Yep. Those, I mean, I, I, I rotate between those three a lot because um, I love these Errol McCarthy battle battle pieces because I own ch- uh, clothing like this as a child. Um, and I just... That's why I... I want to see more stuff like this. This is what 80s T should be doing, not the silly nonsense they do. Yeah. I, uh, I actually, at least. They do. I actually photoshopped. I had to crop it because it didn't look right, but I should have posted it where I photoshopped that uh, these puppies are sick shirt on a, yes, on, on, a, on, a, a on a picture of you, though. So it looks like you're wearing it. Uh, I need to post that. Well, but yes, yes. Be sure that you do. I will. <laughs> Uh, but my uh, my my favorite non He Man uh, tank top that I got is probably, um, I got a whole bunch of good ones. Yeah. I'm missing GI Joe ones. I love wearing the turtles. Um, it's a toughie. It's it's a tough one because I I get very specific with them. I I don't just grab anything. It's got to be very unique and special. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know I I love. Uh, I got a Bionic 6 one with just the Bionic 6 logo on it. I wish I could get it on a different colored, like, softer tank top. But uh, I got a whole slew of them. I really do. It's Because I have an appreciation. I mean, I could just keep ramming. There's there's a, a whole bunch. Speaking of t-shirts, <laughs> make sure you click the link down below and go, go, to, go to Joe's t-shirt shop and buy one of his shirts. Maybe the Fans of Power NWO shirt, like a couple of the wonderful people in the chat room have already done. I think my favorite. Yeah, show your fandom you. to this Thank podcast you. here. We've already and, and get that. Uh, well, Joe, you took down that clamp champ one, right? I can always put it. Put back it back up because it's all that, redrawn. Put but, it back yeah. up because that's yeah. Show your support for clamp champ. Now that's what I want to see too. Is people people wearing that image and showing their support for clamp champ? God, Fe- I, I, the, the, the clamp champ's time has come here, people. Fedmon said, okay, next question. Nathan, take Tyler with you when you go to the storage unit. No, because if there's anything badass in there, he's going to try to run away with it. Yeah, we don't get to do too much figure shopping because uh, Nathan tends to wander out when I'm still working. He picks up all the cool stuff. I went out to, Wal- I have to... I went out to Walmart today. They didn't have shit. Yeah, so I, I just uh, assume keep order if he happens to find it and and have and there's an extra one that he can uh afford to pick up for me at the time and i'll reimburse him which he did for me on friday then we'll do that but uh yeah it's uh we don't get to do too much figure shopping not like we used to just nothing to look for really uh, let's see now i'm having to scroll because some people uh, zen brown said uh here remember how long it took for dreamworks to reveal hordak it feels like that all over again 
So. Oh yeah, like when they cut his balls off and made him a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Noel. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. Uh, Curtis Ackerman, what would be your guys' number one fans of power episode for us to rewatch next week? What's your personal favorite? Ooh, man, I, I like that question. And there's a lot that we, I mean, we had, you know, of course, with the guests have always been fun. And I don't know if I want to steer to saying at least two, but I love when we interviewed Mark and Rebecca Taylor and Larry mm-hmm. Houston. It's like if you guys never seen those interviews and you find out so much stuff from them both. I mean, they were just a pleasure to have on. Like I said, we'll have to, we're definitely going to have them back on again in the future. But I'd say those, I mean, they're just genuine, great, great people. So kind, so nice. But Again, you find out a lot of stuff you never heard about, you know, anywhere else. So I'd I'd like to recommend episodes with, you know, all three of them. Yeah, I I would say just I I don't know, just go back and cherry pick anything. Now, some of them you might have to go to fansofpower.com and check out the archive. I know Doug is said he was going to put up those earlier ones and I'll talk to him too and see if he wants me to just take the audio and start uploading them to this channel as well. That way it can all they can be in wherever we can find it. I don't have, honestly, I don't have a particular favorite because are, are there some weeks? So many great ones. It seems like they get better and better. It is. It's kind of hard well, to choose because we're always just having to fly things like each week. I mean, but... there are some that we've had that we've, we've, when we finished, all three of us were just kind of like, eh, that kind of, that sort of sucked a little bit. I don't know. I, I think in individually, some like Joe's thought episodes were great. And I've walked away from thinking like, eh, we could have done better, I guess. And Tyler's felt the same way. Joe's felt the same way. Yeah. yeah it I... it kind of goes all around, but I, I don't know. I would just say, just dig in, just go randomly start clicking on them and just give them a listen. I would recommend not watching any of the first 50. <laughs> I can, I can safely say that. Uh, I will say that uh, for me personally, like the the first interview we did with William Stout was was pretty groundbreaking, I thought, because he, you know, revealed a lot more specific facts about the making of the film that weren't as well known. Uh, I mean, he some never heard anywhere else. Some. Yes. Yeah. And that's why, you know, whether you like the movie or not, uh, Curtis. (laughs) Um, <laughs> you, know, you take you and your shitty golden disc and knowledge and get the hell out hey, of here. No, no, stick around. Yeah, I, I am saying it here. Oh, so, by the, by but, the way, uh, I want to ask him this, Curtis. Were you were you the guy last week that liked the ep- or disliked the episode and then took it back? I, I have to know if that was you. Yeah, because we were wondering how to crack this up. We got an immediate dislike. I was like, that had to be Curtis. And then the next day, I was like, hey, the dislike is gone. I wonder if it was Curtis. So, yeah, let us put together his kill list. (laughs) Yeah, that that was. But but William Stout confirmed that that Snake Mountain is in the live action film. That was something I was very proud about. But our our interview with Larry was great, Mark and Rebecca. Our Anthony uh, DeLongas interview, where we sit down with Blaze. JSP had mentioned that. Anthony DeLongas, maybe? Yeah, that was that was another because we I mean he's we go into great details about the, like his parts as, as as I mean I think part, so so much more detailed I mean he really seemed to enjoy like how much details me and Joe were throwing at him about the character of Blade and things that were going on on the set as well. Um, 
Robbie London. The uh, check out the Robbie London one. So, oh so you God, can, that so, that was so criminally under, and and Joe just hid in the corner so he wouldn't be out of his like not knowing jack shit about what to say about Robbie London. I'm going to shame you to this day, Joe, because you should have been there. He could have asked about Heart of a Giant, and he didn't. <laughs> but also, he just, but also, he, he just buried your head in the sand and waited for your fucking prom. But you know, it's a little Breakfast Club for but, you. But yes, that Robbie London episode that me and Nathan did is criminally. Underviewed and underrated because if, if you we guys, had so much. If you want to see Tyler get heartbroken, as JSP said about how Robbie London expressed how he wasn't a fan of Diamond Ray disappearance, go watch that episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't want to see Tyler look just defeated and heartbroken? Yeah, you people who hate my guts so damn much and think I'm just going to, you know, lead a revolution of people who are going to turn into hate mongers against all things new and human. I'm such an evil, bad guy. You can watch that episode and see me be disheartened live on the internet, or at least it was live then. We didn't go back and re-edit it, but, you know, Robbie is the guy responsible for Diamond Ray, Donna Dragoon, uh, a whole slew of great episodes and contributions to Master of the Universe uh, as a staff writer, and uh, I was really brokenhearted that people didn't watch that episode that much. Like, I, I just was like, I, it was embarrassing to me honestly that people didn't watch that episode it was just like i'm sure a lot of people were just like what robbie london's not a toy i can't watch I, this i'm gonna go look at my butthole for an hour and a half i think it's because joe wasn't there and you were on the show yeah that's oh, awesome no. because because the the, no. the 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 cult because i pictured joe is just like uh 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 what's his name uh from temple of doom uh the uh uh sure. Rom. Where, where Joe is like comes out and has like you know ri- sacrificial rituals tearing people's hearts out and all of his followers are like oh you know and that's just kind of how I feel like Joe's fan base is and like Joe didn't encourage anybody to come out and watch our interview because no. they're probably just watching it, him eat eat it, stuff. It's because you were on there, Tyler. Don't worry about it. Um, ha- I know, but but that's something I I wish people would go back and check. Go out back and watch that. That's, that that is actually yeah. on the channel. Or if anything, too, like. Just go back and see the the evolution of the show, how it's come in, in its live format from the days of Google Hangouts and Joe's camera looking like uh, VHS. Re- Could you tape. picture it being any worse than this? You think it's bad now? It was like ten times worse back oh, then. Joe's and, and Nathan, what was the what was the first episode you were on, Nathan? Because mm. you should tell people to watch I that because you honestly, said you were like you know, weird. About I don't it. remember. There was like the odd one that you guys brought me on, and then I wasn't on for a while, and then I just started becoming a regular thing. I don't remember the number on that. We'll have to figure that out and maybe post that. How about All how about right. one more question? It, it is wrestling related, so automatically it appears. I gotta ask this question oh, yeah. here too. So we'll, we'll uh, yeah. I'll ask the wrestling question, and we'll get to that last question that Tyler's got. Who would you want to feud with? Given a contract by the uh, WWF, WWE, any era, who would who would you want to feud with? Mm. I personally would love to either feud with. Yeah, it was going to be perfect or DiBiase. Like that, that would that would be like the heel I would want to like have a have a run with. Um, <laughs> again, great minds think alike. So yeah, uh, me and Joe could be a tag team going up against uh, you know the perfect millionaires. I, I uh, if I'm face, mm, if I'm face, probably Jake the Snake. If yeah. if I'm heel, probably Hogan, so I can be really rich. Or 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 <laughs> yeah, Nathan would be getting awesome. Nathan would only be a heel. 
in classic WWF. Like I can't picture Nathan being anything else than being. If, a heel. if it was atti- if it was <laughs> Attitude Era and and I'm a and I'm a heel, Steve Austin, so I can make a lot of money. Um, if if I'm a face, uh, I don't know. Attitude Era was kind of weird in that regard. Things didn't. It was kind of quick, and things didn't last so long. I, I'll be quick about it. If uh, I think feeding with Jericho, Jericho as a heel would be awesome. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, he would own me on the mic, of course, because Jericho as a heel is better than Jericho as a face. Damn. Yeah, I, we'll go ahead and get to the question that you had, Ty. Because right, uh, yeah, Tyler, was, yeah, attitude there is kind of tough in that regard. All right. Our, our last question here comes from Wally Walt, one of our devoted listeners, and uh, wanted to know if Skeletor, He-Man, Shira, Horak, and King Hiss were, had uh, been vanished to Third Earth, what would happen in Master of the Universe and uh, Princess of Power? Kind of a wide question there. Um, I immediately think that uh, you probably see some temporary alliances between some of the evil factions. Uh, probably the Snake Men, the Evil Wars would probably still be uh, teaming up. I don't see the Horde making alliances. Um, I think the Great Bellin would probably crumble uh, temporarily. I think they'd probably have to vacate to Eternia, probably to get help, and then see if they can carry that over to Etheria. Um, the Heroic Wars, Death would have to have a hero rise up. I don't, I don't see the responsibility of He-Man going to anybody else because He-Man's still around. He's just on Third Earth. Um, so I, I like to say it's probably going to be a, a, a court, like a, a small group of leaders, like probably two Man at Arms, Tila, Clan Champ, Fisto, uh, leading the Heroic Warriors. Uh, was it probably would be Evil In leading the the uh, Evil Warriors, probably with a temporary alliance with King Hiss. Or maybe even King Hiss taking over and um, running the Evil Warriors temporarily. Oh no, wait, I forgot. King Hiss is not there. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. It would, I'm, it would, it would be someone here. that would step up. I would see it going in a similar path, like uh, Homecoming. Honestly, I can see it being. Yeah, well, I, with King Hiss not being there, the, the Snake Men would probably ally themselves with the Evil Warriors. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like that would be like you know Cobra Khan would kind of be like the length. Or the the chain and the and the link to kind of unite those those two factions. There. Well, I could even see Cobra Khan since he's a real double crosser. I think that would be his opportune time to probably say, "Now I'm the leader of the Snake Man to try oh, to lead and them." I, I could even see Cobra Khan even battling for leadership of the Evil Warriors as well, because you look at how he's depicted in the filmation and the most media. He's the most confidently portrayed villain, I dare say, of all of Skeletor's Evil Warriors. Like even though there are times where they're. Uh, Others are, are portrayed more complete than they are. Other times, Cobra Khan is consistently portrayed as a very menacing and very intelligent villain. Yeah, um, I think the reason I put him for the Snake Men, because of, again, the double-crossing now finally leading his people what he believes, is because Eva Lynn, as I've always said, she's power-hungry. She does anything she can to try to have that main power. Now with Skeletor you know, being gone, I see Eva Lynn definitely leading the Evil Warriors. Cobra Khan maybe going for the Snake Men. For the Heroic Warriors, I mean, yes, it's always going to be Man-at-Arms and Tila. Tila's the captain of the guard. She's led many things. She's very competent, so I could see them two being the main. But when it comes over to, like, let's say, the Horde, 
in Etheria in the Great Rebellion, this would be a time to have somebody that was underused. Like, first, okay, I can see Queen Angela obviously trying to lead the Great Rebellion with everybody else still fighting the evil horde. But this would be the opportune time for them to go after and find Maylog. Maylog is the one that once she turned human, she didn't oh, want to God. join the Great Rebellion. Well, let me finish. She didn't want to join the Great Rebellion because she wanted to find out and see what the world's like. But she has the power of She-Ra still. So you'd have somebody that powerful and strong that could come back to help and aid while Queen Angela is still leading. But they need somebody super strong. This would be the time to have her join back. And as for the evil horde, I mean, it's it's got to be Shadow Weaver. I mean, for me, it's always been Shadow Weaver. So, I mean, you know, besides Hordak, I just see her leading anything because she's very competent very good with what she does she's not somebody that i think would be out in the battlefield commanding things she's almost like she would sit back when things really need to be done of course she's gonna pop up but i don't see like that catra leading over on the evil horde i can't picture it i can't picture mantena doing it i can't even picture grizzlor as much as i can you know, picture yes. modulot leading the horde he's very intelligent no you're right modulok is very intelligent he could be somebody that does a lot of things but for me i would just put it at shadow weaver but yeah that's an interesting question i like that wiley walt that was a that was a very good question i didn't discuss too what the hell would happen on third earth and it's uh god knows it'd be hell hell on third earth is what it would be yeah, that'd be a whole other podcast topic but uh all right, Thank guys, you, Wally. Well, I appreciate that question, bud. That is. I like that. Led to a lot of thinking. So. Hey, remember, yeah, remember how we weren't going to go two hours? <laughs> and we did. So now I'm going to say what I always say. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you are new to this channel, make sure you like, subscribe, share, and ring that bell so you can always be notified when we go live. And until next time, which ain't going to be next week, have a powerful day. I loved you better when it was Payless. <laughs> what, what is that? I didn't catch it. What? He did it again. Yeah, another Nathanism. He said, I liked it better when it was Payless. So to paint this picture for yeah. you, we went to our local mall. As you go down towards the end, there used to, at the time, I think KB was still there, right? We still had KB in the arcade. KB in the arcade okay. was still in the mall, so, yeah. Uh, down on one of these ends, like one of the anchor stores was a Peebles. Uh, to picture this, if you guys are staring straight ahead at the Peebles entrance, over to your right, in the corner was KB. Up from that was the the arcade. I can't remember what it was named at the time. Pocket change, I yeah, think. Pocket, yeah, pocket, you know, something like that. And then right down from that used to be Payless Shoes. Well, any day, anyway. That any day, anyway. We went into the mall, and we were going to KB check out the the toys. And we walked by, and Payless had been gone at this point, probably a month or so, maybe a little longer. We walk by, and there's, like, community theater going on in there. There's, like, a little <laughs> stage. There's maybe, uh, maybe about 15, 20 people watching this play. And me being a dick, and I'm like, why is there a play going on in the mall? And we stopped, and I turned and looked and yelled, I liked it better when it was Payless. And everyone stopped what they were doing and turned and looked at us, and we, we laughed and went to KB. <laughs> So look for toys. <laughs> I remember I'm holding my gut, just I'm, I'm shaking like a paint mixer on the way to the toy store. I could not stop laughing, and for years and years, just have to say I like to bet it was Payless. And just the look on those people turning around in their chairs Everybody. and looking at All these at once. Yeah. 
Which you know is probably not funny to anybody. Oh, it, it, it was it was a put, super dick move. God. But you got to think like how old were you? Eighteen? We were eighteen. We were we were out of high school at the time, just like maybe a year or so. So we're like eighteen school. years old. Long. By yeah. the way, I want to stress that 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 was almost twenty years ago now. Yeah, we were nothing that harmed anybody, but Nathan just had a reputation for yelling out out loud in the most random times and. God, especially if you knew it was going to make me laugh. I mean, because <laughs> I just I didn't care. There was no filter back then. I was just like, what? Well, yeah, he would he would start break dancing in public places, and and he could never recreate. That's why I always felt like if there was anybody who could remember Michael Jackson's moves, it would be Nathan, because Nathan was so animated, snapping his fingers, gliding on air, and just you like, how the hell did he there do was that? Some, like, I don't there know. Was I just some... did it song that was playing in front of Abercrombie and Finch and I just started yeah. doing this dance and Tyler thinks that I was just floating on air when I did it. Yeah, me and Derek, my brother both just saw Nathan like glide over air as he was making fun of the music comment out of Abercrombie and Finch. I don't it was it was the most Michael Jackson thing I've ever seen anybody I'm do. Not, like, I, I, a, I'm not that. It was like moonwalking forward. Instead of backwards, it was forward. Like, I don't know how the hell he did it. I don't either. God, I haven't funny. been able to replicate it, and I couldn't now because I'm not as agile as I used to be. <laughs> I know Joe's like, oh, I can moonwalk. I can picture Joe thinking he can moonwalk. Yeah. Oh, I'd hate the show, but I, I, yeah, I, I, could, I could still do some shit. But it'd be uh, weird seeing me do it with a mask. But yeah, I can still do that stuff. I can still, uh.